Happy New Year from Sydney's newest derby league, S2D2. Welcome to the dark side! A brief warning. Our next bit of programming could possibly induce a toxic mix of shock and nostalgia. As for why, well, two words. Roller Derby. Welcome to the revolution. I am the big kahuna. I'm Denominator. I am the Cyclone Zilla. And I'm Mike Riot. Together we are... The Roller Derby! Australia's number one Roller Derby podcast. Welcome back to episode 11 of Viva La Derby. This is, in fact, a very special episode, not your normal Viva La Derby. We're going to be recapping the year that was, 2011, in roller derby in our little land of Australia and our international guest, New Zealand. Mike Wright, thanks for joining the Viva La Derby podcast. We're glad to have you on. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. I am... Uh I've been meaning to be on Viva La Derby since, uh, actually since before the first episode ever happened. You and me, BK, we had a, a bit of an email conversation about doing podcasts. And I said, hey, it's a really good idea. Why don't you do it? Yeah, it was a little, there was only a twinkle in my eye at the time, seeing if it was possible. <laughs> um, and I did. I reached out to Mike Wright, having a great podcast himself, and said, you know, tell me about the process. How's it done? And can I do it? And he said, go for it. So I did. Oh, yeah, basically, who is your mentor? basically, if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been happening, guys? How was your Christmas? Merry Christmas to start off with. Yeah, likewise. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Feliz yes, Navidad. Yeah. I only Feliz. learnt that at trivia the other day. Spanish? What, Merry it? Christmas in Spanish, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, come on. I'm the most Aussie chick you've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys get? What did Santa bring you? Outdoor wheels. Yeah. Some really damn good ones. I got a Rode microphone, which is a USB podcasting mic, and it's freaking the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas and the cat's meow all in one. Ooh. <laughs> That's a lot of cats. Yeah, and bee's knees. <laughs> and bees, yes. <laughs> I don't know how those things came to signify that something is good, but apparently the bee's knees are pretty good. So um, Well, I would think a cat, a cat in pyjamas would be freaking awesome. Just trying to get the cat into the pyjamas would be great. <laughs> Scratch your face off. A cat in somebody else's pyjamas would be even funnier. <laughs> but I am very pleased with my purchase. My beautiful wife, Pink Blitz, yeah. bought me a microphone for Christmas knowing how much I love all things Viva La Derby and wanting it to sound even better. So she got that for me. And it is, in fact, very phallic. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, I can't, I can't help myself and put my lips on it. So <laughs> Inappropriately shaped. <laughs> it's just so anything, anytime something that shape is waved at my face, just kind of get overcome with emotion. What about you, Nums? Ah, Santa, or my derby widow, yes, El Chino, he brought me a antique skate bag that I've been bus stops for for ages, so I'm pretty happy about that. Today I put all my goodies in it, and everything fits nice and lovely, and it doesn't smell bad, which is always a plus. <laughs> I'm thinking You've been of wanting to go for ages. 
Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about getting one of those little, like, pine cone air freshener things and hanging it on the inside of my bag. <laughs> I'm being serious. Gear stinks. <laughs> that bag is pretty good looking, though. You're going to do a dance with it like uh, Quazilla? I am, I am. And the funny thing about it is my wife, um, Killer Bee, also got one. So to distinguish each other's bags, she got these really, really cool Star Wars keyrings that talk. She got an R2-D2 one and a Chewbacca one, I think, and I plan on stealing them. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. Chewbacca doesn't really talk, though. But it, I can't even do the sound. I'm really crap at that. I can't do impersonations. I can't either. Especially it of <laughs> And what about you, Mike? What did Santa bring you for Christmas? Uh, well, to be honest, I didn't actually get my uh, Christmas present. I got vouchers that I'm quite excited about. They're from uh, One Woman, Eight Wheels here in New Zealand. And um, 2012 is the year that Mike Ride is learning to skate. So, uh, those vouchers, yeah, those vouchers are going towards a pair of sweet, sweet skates. I'm I'm getting excited about Rollcon Australia, and so I'm actually thinking I need to learn to skate so I can skate in challenge bouts. Do you know which skates you want to get? Looking at uh, short grips, I think it's the um, S55, um, just because they have the wide the wide foot. Uh, of Excellent. course, being oh. a bigger person, I have big feet. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, good. More more men on skates. I like that. Are you going to be able to skate in the luchador mask, is what I'd like to know. I don't think I'll be able to skate in the luchador mask, but I have come up with a great concept to get around that. I have a friend who is a very good face painter, and I, I believe mm-hmm. I can get the mask face painted onto me if I, uh, if I want to yep. do that while I skate. It's got to be a bit better for your peripheral vision. I can't even say that word. Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know why I talk. But... <laughs> You know what I meant, though. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the reason why Mike's joined us is because it is our recap episode. 2011, as I said before, has been a hell of a year in roller derby, and we're going to talk all about what's happened and what's gone on in the past 12 months with roller derby in Australia. But before we do that, I just want to give a quick couple of statistics because I'm a bit of a nerd that way as far as numbers go Viva La Derby, we started in March 2011 so we haven't been going all that long but here are some figures that might just sort of blow your hair back a little bit so as of today, there are now 80 leagues in Australia. It would be interesting to know how many leagues, if you know how many leagues there were at the end of 2010 in Australia let us know and then we can make the comparison but 80 leagues is pretty damn good. I think when I started, which was the end of last year, I think I remember there being maybe 55, 60 leagues or something. Okay, Viva La Derby started in March with episode 0.5. Since then, we've had 11 full-length episodes, two super fun happy times, and one special announcement for a total of 1,293 minutes and 40 seconds of audio. That equates to 21 hours 55 minutes and 40 seconds. So nearly um, an entire day of listening to this ridiculous voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I almost feel bad for inflicting 21 hours. I was hours about to say that last, Derby. that last episode 10 really uh, helped. Oh, yeah, that was that was long. That was, yeah, a, 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 that was nearly four hours left. 
Uh, I've never needed to pee so badly after recording after that freaking episode. <laughs> yeah. Nels was like, all right, is that it? We're done. I'm out. Hangs up straight away. <laughs> I'm fuck- I just had to run to the toilet. I swear I was going to burst. <laughs> We've got 965 likes as of this evening on Facebook, coming from 19 countries around the world. Spoken by 14 different languages. What all those different languages are doing, downloading our podcast or liking us on Facebook, I have no idea. But that's what the, the Facebook insights tell me. We've got 117 <laughs> followers on Twitter and have made 407 tweets in about 10 months' time. It's pretty freaking awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a hell of a journey. I wonder if we'll make a 1,000 likes by New Year's. That's our goal. That's our goal. We're going to get a thousand likes by New Year's, and the person that gets our our thousandth thousandth like will get one thousandth. I can't say the word thousandth. Thousandth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we should record like a like a like a voicemail message for them. Hi, you've rung blah blah blah, and this is Bickerhood or some crap. I don't know. (laughs) Can we do that? Yes. I'm sure we can work out something. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. But there's some statistics from Viva La Derby in 2011, hopefully mirroring what the growth of Derby has been like. I don't know if it's just you, like, if it's just me, because I feel like, because I've been immersed in Viva La Derby and all things Derby and having to know what's going on and trying to get to as many bouts as possible, but it really does feel like it was a massive year. Huge. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I'm the same. I sometimes think to myself, is this just because... Yeah, I'm so immersed in it that it seems like Derby is really just booming and evolving at a rapid speed, but I don't think so. You know, I had a guy at the service station the other day and I was wearing my Viva La Derby shirt and he goes, Viva La Derby, is that anything to do with Roller Derby? And I said, yeah, it's a podcast. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. I love Roller Derby. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but that's cool. And so for it to, Roller Derby to just come out in everyday conversations with everyday people that you meet, to me that's pretty cool. That would never have happened before in my life. I was at a bottle the other day with Anna War and I was wearing a South Island Siren shirt and she was wearing a Rat City shirt and we both got pulled up by the um, the, the shopkeep there and asked us if we played roller derby and if we played for those teams. I was like, no, no, no. One's from Seattle one's from Tasmania, but, you know, we're big fans and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I love roller derby and went on for ages. So that was, that was a pretty cool experience. We didn't get any free drinks. What? I didn't get free petrol either. Next year. Nah. Next year. Next year. When we're famous. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very similar experience myself, actually, recently. I was down at the local fish and chip shop buying dinner for my fam, and I was walking back to my car, and there's a dude jogging towards me in full, like, jogging attire, little tiny shorts and one of those singlets that, like, shouldn't even really be there because the armholes are just so big. And he was jogging. and then May as well have just been wearing suspenders. Yeah. And he's (laughs) jogging. He stops in front of me and jogs on the spot like a freaking idiot. Um, (laughs) Dude, (laughs) we can't say that. He's a fan. I'm just like, why don't you just stop jogging for, like, Three seconds, but he has to jog on the spot. Anyway, I might cut that he out. He's heart rate up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't 
believe you just bagged out your only fan. <laughs> well, it was weird at the time. It was very confrontational to have someone stop in front of you while jogging on the spot. <laughs> and he says, hey, you were really good the other week. I was like, oh, what do you mean? He goes, on the microphone at the roller derby, you were really good. No, no, he didn't say derby. I know, he said at the derby, at the roller <laughs> derby, you were really good on the microphone. And then he jogged away like the mysterious jogger that he is. And I yelled at his tight little buttocks as they ran away. Thank you. <laughs> and was left uh, kind of weirded out a little bit, but really pleased that someone was obviously at a bout. I don't know where they were, but they, they were able to catch my announcing and surprisingly must have heard some of it and thought it was all right. And I was super stoked after that, after I kind of got over the initial shock of it all. That's cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> that, is, that is really cool. I remember the first time uh, someone uh, recognized me and I, it's a bit strange if when people recognize me because um, a lot of the time they'll be talking to me and the topic of derby will come up. Um, it'll be halfway through the conversation where they go, are you the guy who normally wears that mask? <laughs> so, um, it, it's really nice because you, you get to talk to them and get their, their honest opinion about um, what they've seen before they realize who you are, which is great. <laughs> that that must come in handy because I don't think no matter what mask I wore, a wig, makeup, anything, there's no mistaking who I am. No, <laughs> there's no hiding. Sure, there's plenty of Hawaiians out there, Nudge. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But there are a couple of personal highlights from at least the last couple of weeks. But that's just a small tip of what has actually been going on over the course of the year. There's been some massive highlights. As I said, it seems to be a big year in Derby, and I hope everyone out there agrees with me. But let's run through a couple of them anyway. Highlights are plentiful this year. One of the big ones that's sort of early on in the year, I think, sort of kicked it all off in the local scene anyway, was a rematch from the Great Southern Slam last year, Victoria Roller Derby League up against Sun State Roller Girls, widely regarded as number one and two in the country, and they proved it again earlier in the year, I think it was in April. And it was really a massive bout that drew fans and skaters from all over Australia. They all flooded to Brisbane to watch the rematch of the two biggest teams in our land, watching Victoria take that out. Victoria's once again, but definitely a highlight for 2011, I think. Oh, absolutely. Personally, I was really looking forward to that game because I got to call that the the first match, the final of the Great Southern Slam for DNN with uh, Dump Truck and Maladjusted uh, from Newcastle, and uh, that that was an epic game in 2010, and uh, I was really looking forward to that rematch. And it was really awesome that the game got streamed, so us international viewers here in New Zealand and, of course, around the world got to see uh, that great rematch. And, and uh, here's hoping uh, we get to see it again in 2012. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we tend to forget in Australia, like, because we always feel so isolated from, I guess, what's going over in the States, but we forget that New Zealand is just... It's actually closer to Sydney than Perth is, but they're actually cut off from a lot of Derby as well. And it's good that they're able to do that to at least bring, you know, some of the, what's going on in Australia over to our neighbours in New Zealand. Now, That'd what that awesome. also does is... I know that there's going to be a lot of leagues in Australia and New Zealand, for that matter, hoping to disrupt the flow of you know the course of action. But in all likelihood, 
just speaking you know, truthfully, it's probably going to be a rematch again at the Great Southern Slam next year. And I know I spoke with Mark Madden during the year, and he said that he's intent on taking that out, taking it away from Victoria. Victoria going up 2-0 so far and setting up a third match, hopefully at Great Southern Slam 2012. Absolutely. Great Southern Slam 2012 is going to be really a really interesting barometer to see where the teams that were there the first time, where if where the movements happen. But also, I mean, I know for a fact that there's going to be at least two New Zealand teams that weren't at the first one that are coming over to the Great Southern Slam. So I, I think there's going to be a few um, unknown factors that are, is going to make it a really interesting tournament. There's going to be half of new Aussie leagues there as well. Like, since the last Great Southern Slam, we've had what we've what you said it before at 80 leagues now so there's got to be at least 20 new leagues in the last what year easy just, just to give you some background about that great southern slam 2010 actually had 25 leagues involved oh. um so 25 obviously it's going to be a lot more crammed into those three days come june next year mm, yeah also mm. another big highlight for 2011 for me anyway was Sydney Roller Derby League moving to the State Sports Centre. Now, people don't realise what a big deal this is. SRDL have outgrown two venues. They first originally outgrew the boys, the boys High School Sports Hall. <laughs> then they outgrew the Horden. And now they're at the State Centre. And I'm pretty sure they're, they're close to capacity there as well. Like, this, this, that's massive for roller derby in general and just roller derby in Sydney as well we're, like I was saying before we're a little bit behind April with the rest of the country so that, that's huge I'm super proud of Sydney for achieving that also another big deal for me was Sydney going to a four team home season introducing the unicorns and the um, beauty school knockouts and having both those new teams go to the finals yes they were a mix up of older teams and newer girls and just you know they've they moved everybody around but still there were two new home teams that went to the finals i thought that was great and like the i don't think i've seen a following for a derby team like the unicorns in my life like people freaking love them it's crazy there's unicorn love all over the place (laughs) yeah i don't think i've seen um fans as crazy i mean like you can sort of I've always said soccer fans are are crazy, but unicorn fans are so loyal, and um, I think that's awesome for a, a brand new team to come out and um, and yeah, just have that fan base is awesome. And just going back to um, their change of venue, I think another significant thing for me is that the Horden Pavilion, where they used to skate, was more an entertainment venue for uh, concerts and and whatnot. And now they've moved to the State Sports Centre at Sydney Olympic Park, and that's significant to me because obviously it's it's showing roller derby as, as not just an entertainment sort of WWF kind of style game. It's a sport, and um, I think that's really cool. I think SRDL should be proud of themselves for not only selling out the venues but also securing such an awesome venue. So That brings us along to uh, the Tropicana Cup uh, that uh, Sun States were, I believe, were the hosts of. I am... I didn't get to see any of this, but I did get to talk to um, Honest Dave at the World Cup uh, just a couple of weeks after the Cup happened, and uh, and he uh, he filled me in on it. It sounded like it was an amazing time uh, to be on the mics for this tournament, let alone on the track. So uh, uh, I'm sure you guys know a little bit more about this tournament than I do, but uh, from 
all accounts, it was a very, very entertaining tournament. The reason why this is a highlight of 2011, because it was the first statewide tournament that Queensland hosted. Sun State Roller Girls taking it out, again, establishing their dominance on that region. But the first time to bring a lot of the leagues from that area into the one place and play Derby. If you want to hear some recaps and interviews from it, download episode 10, the last one that just came out of Viva the Derby, and it's all there. But one of the reasons why we've put it as a highlight of the year is to see so many leagues sort of coming together, the whole unity, hippie, bullshit kind of thing. But having that happen is an amazing accomplishment for roller derby to have, I think it was 12 or 11 teams in the one state, Mm. basically having a state tournament to to work out exactly who's boss in that area. Oh, absolutely. Tournaments... Tournaments like that are what I hope we see more of in um, both Australia and New Zealand because, uh, let's face it, we're very both very spread out countries. I mean, here in New Zealand, we're spread over two, two islands, whereas in Australia, you've got a whole lot of landmass in between each other. And so having these sort of smaller tournaments is a great way for these teams that are closer together to uh, hone their skills and really get to uh, that next level. Yeah, that's right. So that's why another tournament, uh, sorry, another highlight for the year was the Tassie tournament. And um, again, being down in Tassie, we weren't able to get there, but it was a success and it sounds like it's something that's going to keep going. So there you go, another state of Australia is has its own tournament. Yeah, that one was obviously Convex City Rollers, the South Island Sirens and the Van Diemen Rollers. Convex City, I think, taking that out as the victors for their state and again, just seeing a statewide tournament, even though there's only three leagues down there, the fact they were able to sort of put whatever differences aside for the sake of Derby and having a tournament over the course of however many weeks was a really good thing to see. So kudos to you Tasmanian leagues. And of course where we're from, our home ground, New South Wales or Sydney more closely is part of the Eastern Region Roller Derby. A tournament was hosted last year for the first time and it was replicated again this year over the course of three weekends throughout the year. We saw five different leagues from around our region. Western Sydney Rollers, Newcastle Roller Derby League, Wollongong Illawarra Roller Derby League, Sydney Roller Derby League and Canberra Roller Derby League battled out to see who was the best in our region. Eastern Region Roller Derby dominated this year by Canberra Roller Derby League and they've had a huge year, Canberra Roller Derby League, playing Victoria, taking out the Eastern Region Roller Derby. It's been a really good year for them and I can't wait to see with so many leagues popping up in our little neck of the woods what that Eastern Region Roller Derby tournament will look like in 2012. Yeah, Eastern Region was pretty amazing and it's just going to get even bigger in 2012. The fact that they did keep it over a few weekends this time around and not just in one compact weekend was they did was a little bit different, but I liked it. I got an opportunity to go see a whole bunch of different roller derby and, you know, different leagues that I hadn't seen play before. And also to see um, WSR, Western Sydney, step up to the plate. We talked about them before in the Eastern Region, how they were the underdogs, and they did, you know, take a beating from a few of the teams, but they they never let up, and they kept on fighting, and I think that was great. I loved it. Also, another major highlight was just VRDL. They have had a cracker of a year. First of all, they won the Women in Sports A-Team of the Year. They are the first WFTDA Apprentice League in Australia. 
and also full member league here in Australia and the Southern Hemisphere. So that is massive for them. So big congratulations to Victorian Roller Derby League. The RDL really blazing a path for the rest of our leagues to follow in their footsteps or their wheel paths. Boom, boom. Tracks, tracks, wheel tracks, I guess. So huge year for VRDL, definitely a highlight of 2011. Yeah. VRDL, that was absolutely inspirational, uh, them getting full membership. And it's uh, inspired some of the New Zealand leagues. And the got our first apprentice league here in the Pirate City Rollers, the league that I have um, started my derby career with. They are now the first New Zealand apprentice league. And I'm sure 2012-2013 uh, we'll be seeing some uh, Pirate City Rollers versus VRDL games uh, with the Woofdada, you know, apprenticeship slash full membership uh, going going that way. So uh, it just means more great international derby between our two countries, which is awesome. Uh, also, uh, another thing that we'll be watching very carefully for for how it goes over here, uh, the Woofdada creating the partnership with Skate Australia. That's uh, really interesting news and, uh, of course, uh, something that is going to be really interesting thing to see how that develops and what exactly that means for uh, Skate Australia and Roller Derby in Australia. But I think it, it's nothing but a positive step. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, there's been a lot of mixed reactions towards that here in Australia. Some people don't really know how to take it. We have Viva Derby have an interview coming up very soon in the new year with Skate Australia. So, of course, we'll be putting it out there to the masses. If you have any concerns or just questions or you just want to know what going on, email us at podcast at com, and we will get those questions asked for you. But it's, yeah, like you said, like a really exciting time for Derby in Australia and I don't think it's going to be that bad, really. Look, I think um, something that I, I took from it, the, my first reaction was, okay, wow, the WFTDA is paying attention to Australia. The WFTDA wants to have a presence in Australia, whether it's with Skate Australia or whether it's with somebody else. That was my first reaction: was that okay? We're being noticed now, and um, and this is start going to start to get official, um, which is exciting to me. And uh, it'll be interesting and to do this interview and ask all those questions that everybody's not too sure about how it's going to work and what the leagues and the skaters are going to get out of it, but. That's something to look forward to in 2012. There okay. is a lot of there is a lot of fear and trepidation. Mostly, I think it's a fear of the unknown. Some experience with Skate Australia has not been overall positive. Some some leagues will basically decry that Skate Australia is the devil. But <laughs> we're going to give Skate Australia the chance to defend themselves and hopefully address some of those fears that some of the leagues out there have, some of the skaters have, and and hopefully do what we can to represent both sides of the coin. So look out for that coming soon in 2012. And I guess sort of on the same note, in 2011, another highlight was the officiating clinic that the WFTDA hosted. And uh, I know a lot of officials, the uh, Zeebs were getting some love. And, um, yeah, I think that was that was pretty cool. And due to this partnership with Skate Australia, <sighs> from what I hear, there's going to be there's more of these officiating clinics coming up in 2012. Now, that was all on the local scene, or everything that's going on in Australia, but there was a hell of a lot going on internationally as well that affected our fair land. The first thing 
off the ranks, probably a big one as far as entertainment value and fun goes was RollerCon and the Australian team, the Budgie Smugglers, going up against Team USA over in Las Vegas. And our good friend Mike Riot was there for all the action, and I'm incredibly jealous, Mike. Well, actually, I wasn't just there for all the action. I actually got to call this match. Um, it was uh, one of the matches when... Uh, they asked the announcers what uh, we had to put down three matches that we wanted to announce and uh, I thought I was going to miss out on doing this one because uh, Mike Mann was there but he ended up being with the team I believe and so I, I got to uh, co-announce co this uh, this match and it was just so great to see um, the Budgie Smugglers out there against a very, very competitive American team and just uh, just some of the things like seeing Penergy get lead jam against Juska and just the look on her face it was it was awesome it was just a, <laughs> it, it was a highlight of the tournament of the uh, weekend for me yeah that would have been awesome and I know they were just the budgie smugglers the name um, sums it up a lot of awesome girls going over there uh, representing Australia both in derby and personality and um, yeah it was good to uh, chat to Godzilla sold separately when she came back and oh, who else did Peggy um Peggy Spew as well. It was awesome. It was a highlight for me to chat to some of those girls after they came back from RollerCon and get the run lowdown off them. And that awesome. made me happier than the little budgie that Godzilla had down her pants. Yeah, that was Seriously? cool. When I saw that, I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, seeing... Um, Seeing the budgie smugglers get ready and uh, dump truck in his uh, his Australian uh, derby skins and getting zinc put on him um, was it was just hilarious and uh, he did a great job of being a co -be uh, bench coach for the budgie smugglers and uh, I know they were real happy to have him there and uh, and he is uh, he is one of uh, Australia's biggest fans and I think uh, it's going to be great to see him down here in 2012 hopefully. Yeah, and, no, no. and Mike, not only was that your, you know, you were in calling about there for the budgie smugglers, but also your, in some way, your debut with Viva La Derby, doing some on-the-spot reporting for us, and I appreciate that. I just want to say thanks for helping us out that way. We couldn't be there, and the fact that you were and decided to help us out means a lot. Yeah, that was great. Um, uh, when did that footage go on? Oh, that's right. You forgot to put it on. Kate. I've been held back by Viva La Derby. I'm surprised you guys let me on. By the way, it's now the Riot Act. I'm taking over this whole show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mutiny. Mutiny. Uh, to end up your own. <laughs> Just so you know, Mike, I was totally on your side, and it was all Nigel. All <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, I that. That's right. <laughs> if anyone out there does want to listen to that, it was a great interview. He actually got to speak to Vaderella, coaching the Budgie Smugglers, and Death by Chocolate from Team USA. That is available from net. Just do a search for RollerCon. It's well worth the listen, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Another big thing in international roller derby was the Texas Roller Girls versus the Victoria Roller Derby League um, over in Victoria once again. You know, the, I think this was the first step in Victoria's 
step to, I don't know, woof did a domination in Australia. And, and then, of course, to back it up with the boot camp where they invited skaters from all over the country to attend to attend that. I know our girl Anna Wall went over to that and she loved it. She came back with more drills and more information than ever before. It was just like her brain flowed and she absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. Just, I just, you know was super appreciative that they the idea were able to do that for everybody else. It was really, really cool. It was huge. Texas Roller Girls, the original flat track roller derby league in the world, coming to Australia to basically show their wares. And it was a hell of a weekend. I went down to Melbourne for that trip and just to be there like at that point in time it was the biggest event in roller derby in Australia, I believe. And it was good to be a part of and definitely something that people will look back fondly on. And of course, uh, that was followed up by VRDL taking on Rat City for the second international game to get a full Wofteda membership. And uh, this game, it was, this game was bittersweet for me. Um, I got to watch it here, but I'd actually been asked by Grim Rollers to come over and announce this game, but I had to, I had to uh, turn him down because I was uh, saving up for the World Cup. I would have loved to have been there, and uh, hopefully if the opportunity comes uh, again, I'd love to uh, call a game for VRDL sometime in the near future. But uh, getting to watch it on the internet, as we said, uh, with the VRDL SSRG game, it was just a great uh, sort of Anzac Derby community. This was massive for me anyway. Seeing Red City play uh, left such an impact on me and to see... It was my first real experience with International Roller Derby. I had watched a little bit online, but you know, watching it on the internet is nothing like watching it live. And it just to see what they what they can do, like what people that have been playing derby for a long time who are fully committed to the sport, who are athletes, can do. It just they were just they were freaking amazing. It just it just blew my mind watching them and just them being so nice as well. They were just so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was full on. I loved it. I, I still, I know we talked about this in episode ten, but that moment when me and London Brawling were just hugging each other, watching Rat City warm up, was such a highlight for me because I'm not kidding. When I had goosebumps and tears in my eyes, watching these girls warm up because it was blowing my flipping mind. It was just if I could, if I could be half the skater that any of those girls are, I would. That would be enough for me. Totally enough. And wasn't that... Is that where your doppelganger was spotted, Noms? Uh, yes. She totally looked nothing like me. Oh, my gosh. She looked exactly you. <laughs> that was a I pretty funny experience. We were all... Well, we were sitting on the seats and a few of our, a few of the girls were sitting on, um, were sitting suicide on the blanket and all of a sudden they all popped up and were like, Noms, you doppelganger, because we've got another doppelganger here for, um, Dita Von Bruiser and they finally met the other day, which was a big deal. But, um, they didn't touch like, though, because if they touched, like, it would have been like an yeah. atom bomb. Space time be- continuum folded on itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so we're all point. They're all pointing and laughing. I'm like, no, nothing. And then my boyfriend sees and went, hold on, that totally looks like you. And I went, fuck. All right, fair enough. And Kim just happened to be there, so he thought it'd be hilarious to just snap a photo and stick it on my wall two months later for everybody to relive the moment. <laughs> I I heard this from. Yeah, all the girls that went down with you and everyone was like, oh, we met, we saw Noms' doppelganger. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then Kim Lee put that photo up and I zoomed in and looked and squinted and no matter what I did, I could – I think she had a tattoo on her arm and that was the main reason that I could tell it wasn't you. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was <laughs> me before hair off, pretty much. So, yeah, it was – it was weird. We didn't. We never met. I didn't go near her. I didn't want there to be some crazy freaking time warp explosion thing of me jumping into some parallel universe. I don't know. I didn't want to have to deal with parallel universe gnomes. You so, should have asked her what the future's like. <laughs> I know. I know what the future like is like, and it's awesome. So. <laughs> This, uh, this just reminds me of how I met your mother. So uh, this season it was non-double again. Uh, uh, Nick said 2012 you'll uh, meet Silas, <laughs> and 2013 it'll be uh, BK. So it's it's just going to be amazing. One every year, I, I guarantee it right now. <laughs> well, it's my after I plan on going to Rollercon next year, and I'm making a bit of a pit stop in Honolulu, and I'm chase down every man that looks like not like looks like big Huna and take a photo of him, <laughs> and like do like the thumbs up, be like, yeah, can I get a photo? Yeah, big Huna, doppelganger. But I'm pretty sure there and Samoa will be the only countries in the world <laughs> I'll be able to find a big Huna doppelganger. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's some big Polynesian boys out uh, out this way as well. I'm sure we could find someone on this side of the Tasman. All right. <laughs> Your mission, Mike Ray, is to find a, a Bikahuna doppelganger in New Zealand. We'll do. We'll do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I look forward to it. We can sumo wrestle. <laughs> Hawaiian wrestle. So the next um, I like for International Derby... This year was Rat City versus SRG and um, then backing it up with a game against Northern Brisbane Rollers was um, and we had we reported on that last episode with Anna War and Doombug who travelled up there and, and um, once again some fine derby was played. Rat City on a whirlwind tour, taking Australia by storm for over the course of two weeks, playing out the best leagues that we've got to offer and having a good time of it. Rat City, I think, just meeting some of the girls from there, having a chat with them, was definitely a highlight of Australian roller derby, having a team like that, of that profile, of that stature, come to Australia and play our leagues was something to behold for sure. The next highlight that we, in international derby that we want to talk about is probably close to your heart, Mike Wright, Richter City versus Sydney Roller Derby League over in Wellington. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, international derby played here in New Zealand. Uh, of course, the Pirates had gone over to Great Southern Slam the year before. But um, to actually have international derby here and to have it down in Richter City, they've got an awesome stadium down there. Holds about, um, I think it holds about 4,000, and I think they got about uh, two, two and a half thousand to this game, which which is uh, pretty good for the uh, type of numbers that they're getting in. For me, it was a, a big highlight because I've got some friends who play for Sydney. I was I was a little bit against the grain because we knew that the, the Wellington would have a lot of fans. So I was in there with my I love torture sign uh, cheering for torture from uh, Sydney. Uh, and I have to say, one of the highlights, it was a great game, but one of the, the real highlights of it was uh, the Assassins did this glow stick skate out entrance thing and it just blew my mind it was amazing they yeah they do really good skate outs everybody loves torture she's an amazing skater and 
They didn't stop there, actually. I guess part of the whole agreement with Sydney going over to Wellington to play Richter City was that the favour was then returned as Richter City then travelled to Sydney for some more international derby for the rematch. Sydney taking that one out, but I, Silla and I were both there, and that was a hell of a bout to watch as well. And yep. yes, Assassins coming strong with the skate out, with a little red riding hood montage i guess you would call it was pretty was pretty cool to see but i i love seeing the fact that you know we had new zealand roller derby leagues coming to australia to play our leagues and having that whole international flavor going on has really been a theme this year and one that i've been really pleased to see Oh, absolutely. And I think it's also really great that it's, uh, uh, that it was Richter City that came over, that it was, um, another, another league. It wasn't just the Pirates, uh, uh again, because it, of course the Pirates made a big splash at, uh, the Great Southern Slam. And so a lot of people knew who the Pirates were, but it's really nice to get the other skaters from around the country out in front of, uh, you know, basically a whole lot of new fans. And I mean, I love, I love the Richter City girls. Uh, they definitely know how to win an after party. Uh, they, they still need to uh, get some strategy on the track, but uh, by God, can they win an after party. And back in your neck of the woods, Pirate City Rollers, as you were talking about them, they played host to two Australian leagues in in about a fortnight's time, I think it was. It was pretty close together anyway. Adelaide Roller Derby League and Newcastle Roller Derby League both heading over to play the Pirate City Rollers. Oh, absolutely. And, um, of course, the first game was Pirate City taking on Adelaide. This was uh, the rematch of the third and fourth position from Great Southern Slam the year before. And I know, uh, I know both teams were very keen to, uh, to come out the winner in this one. I, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pride and a lot of, a lot of bragging rights at stake. Uh, and, uh, Adelaide really, uh, they came out and they looked nervous, I have to say it, in the, in the first half. Uh, they got a lot of penalties very early on in the very first half of the game. But then they, they got themselves, they, uh, composed themselves and really did a great job and just, uh, basically skated the the pirates out of out of the first half and then just wouldn't let up in the second and uh took out the win in the end uh yeah it sounds like pirate city rollers are um someone for us to look out for next year hopefully we'll get them over to australia more often in 2012 Absolutely, I know. Uh, skate the must, fear fussy oi, piece of hate. Uh, you know they love hitting people and they love hitting international people. That's, that's all I'm going to say. And we sent across uh, Godzilla sold separately from Newcastle, who doesn't mind the odd hit herself, actually. Oh, absolutely. That uh, the Newcastle game. Um, it, it's funny. I don't think I've ever seen anyone laugh when they get hit, but. Uh, Godzilla is uh, is absolutely entertaining to watch. I've uh, I was lucky enough to meet her at Rollercon and then to get to to call about. I, it's about that I actually almost didn't make. Uh, I was actually in hospital the whole week leading up to this bout with a staph infection, and I you know I I made it to the venue on uh, on a walking stick uh, and uh, sort of hobbled hobbled my way through it. And it's probably not my best uh, best commentary, but I was a uh, I was absolutely not going to miss uh, getting to call with Maladjusted again. He is uh, he is one of my absolute favourite uh, people in all of roller derby, you know, all around the world of people I've met. Um, we have the same really odd sense of music taste, and uh, I think uh, and uh, and that man has some uh, very stunning 
stunning fashion sense, is that, if, I can, <laughs> if I can use that term. <laughs> but, you um, guys, if 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 Maladusted was wearing his awesome pink suit and you rocked up with your with your um, walking stick, you could both could have been pimps. Well, this is funny you should say that. He didn't actually have he didn't have the pink suit. He had a brand new purple suit, which he uh, which he uh, brought out for the very first time for this game. And because I was sort of stuck on the stage, just like, dude, dude, take my cane, walk out there. And so he went all pimped out. You know, he announced this skate out, and uh, he was looking uh, very dapper. That's awesome. <laughs> Straight pimp. Maladjust, we love your work. Although you two put a lot of pressure on me as an announcer to find, I guess, a gimmick you would call. I don't wear a mask. There's no fancy suits. I've got to come up with something, I think. <laughs> I tell you, hat. <laughs> do, do it old JR style. Get the cowboy hat. <laughs> In the tradition of all those Hawaiian cowboys. Oh, absolutely. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Long line of Hawaiian radio. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we had probably not just the high, a highlight of 2011, but possibly the biggest event in roller derby history since its inception was the Blood and Thunder Roller Derby World Cup over in Toronto, Canada. And again, jealousy, so much of it, because Mike Wright, you were there to watch all the action again. Uh, I tell you what, I am... Um... I had an amazing time. I, I did a lot of fundraising. I did a lot of begging. I uh, took it alone. I made sure that I got to this event. And, um, there are a few people, I, I do know there are a few people before this event who are like, ah, oh, you know, there's no point in doing a, a roller derby World Cup. You know, America's going to win, so what's the point in going? But um, I have to say, you take America out, you take um, sort of Canada and London out and Australia who came fourth and did so well. 5th through 13th, there was not a lot in it. And, you know, if you played any of those games any other day of the week, you might get a, a different winner. And so it was great to see just, um, you know, there is a big step to get to that top echelon, but uh, the the step down, the rest, the rest of the teams are pretty close together. And it's, uh, it's going to be exciting if they keep doing international derby. Well, that's it. A lot can happen. I think they said they're going to do it bi-yearly. Um, a lot can happen in two years. And all these other teams that have gone over who haven't done so well in the rankings as such, they'll be walking away with a lot more knowledge. And I know that um, every, there was a lot of hype around it. Everyone was really pleased with just just the fact that it's been done once and it'll be done again. And um, who knows? Who knows what the next World Cup holds? Yeah, there's always going to be favourites, but it's all about the evolution of the Well, just as this World Cup was finishing up, a Facebook thing popped up out of nowhere of a European Roller Derby World Cup. Euro Cup. Euro Cup had the the. I'm thinking, how can it be a European? European Euro Cup of Derby, which is like I don't know if this was planned before the World Cup or they saw how well it, this worked and now they decided to do it but that's awesome that, yeah. that's going to yeah. be freaking huge awesome. I, th- I believe it's Sweden that are putting this together um, from the little bit that I've done through my Facebook stalking and you know having to make travel plans for next year uh, <laughs> but uh, I have to say uh, Europe if they do something like that, that I mean they've got the absolute ease of 
you know, not having to travel 14 hours by plane to play each other. So why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you keep that international derby going? Well, that's it. It gives them something else to uh, strive for in the meantime and more competition and more experience and um, to become better. So, yeah, like I said, watch out the next World Cup. Someone actually put to me recently, it was maladjusted actually because he's a very smart individual. He put forward the idea, and obviously it's not anywhere, like, no, it's not in the works, it's not a plan, but he just had an idea of having a Commonwealth Games of roller derby. So that means you take USA out of the equation because they're clear winners. Then you have England, Ireland, Scotland, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada to battle it out. And obviously Canada, England, you know, they came second and third. But who knows in a few months, a year, whatever time it may be, that Commonwealth group of, of teams could be a hell of a tournament to watch. Is Malaysia in the Commonwealth? Yes. Kolo, can Malaysia be in this? Do they play derby? Uh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm totally sure there's a Malaysian roller derby team. There's got to be. Why, random. Why Malaysia specifically? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just, I just like, hold on. I remember little things I remember about school, Malaysia being in the Commonwealth. I would like to see them be in this Commonwealth Cup of sorts. Just there saying. Well, the- roller derby Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> that would be awesome. They have amazing... Structures and things happening in Malaysia. I, I don't know. I've seen the Travel Channel commercials. They're always <laughs> sucking me in to go to Malaysia. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, uh, even not a Commonwealth uh, tournament, but uh, Honest Dave, he came up with a quite a cool little concept that uh, uh, the Down Under Cup, which was a, a cup that he awarded to the top-ranked Southern Hemisphere team. And, I mean, we're already doing it in rugby. We've got, um, you know, the Tri-Nations Cup with Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, South Africa. You know, Argentina's joining next year and then yeah. throwing Brazil and stuff like that. I, I mean, something like that could also be an awesome way to, to um, take some of those top echelon teams like um, USA out and just, you know, have something a little bit more uh, our own down this end of the world. That's a good idea. I like that. I like that better. If nothing has come from the Roller Derby World Cup, but at least sparking these conversations and sort of, you know, getting the imagination working as to what we what possibilities are out there for bouting other countries, I mean, that in itself is made the Blood and Thunder World Cup well worth it, let alone the fact that it was an awesome event in, in and of itself. Oh, absolutely. As I said to anyone who uh, sort of doubted the validity of the, the World Cup, I just pointed out someone has to take that first step at some stage. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to get roller derby into the Olympics. It's sort of like, we're never going to get into the Olympics until we're, uh, you know, until we have a governing body that, uh, that runs tournaments like this. And, uh, you know, while Blood and Thunder did it this time, you know, who knows in the future, hopefully, you know, as roller derby develops, we get to a point where, you know, we're recognised as the that as the awesome sport that it is, and uh, hopefully we can you know share it with the rest of the world. Now, as far as massive events around the world goes, that I mean, there are a lot of highlights in and of itself right there. But we also had a lot of guests coming to Australia, not just the teams to bout, but boot camps was a big thing in 2011. We saw the likes of Bonnie Destroyer coming to our lands, Medusa and Dirty Larry, Quadzilla, Smarty Pants, Isabel Ringer, 
all massive, huge names in roller derby all coming to our country to teach our thirsty, thirsty skaters um, with knowledge. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be at the Bonnie Destroyer and the Medusa Medusa Dirty Larry boot camps, and I learned so much from both of those boot camps. The one with Medusa and Dirty Larry was um, going back to basics with a lot of stuff, and everybody knows you've got to master those before you can move on to anything else. So that was that was really really good. And with Bonnie, I got to do things that were just totally out of my comfort zone that I would never try in my life. And not only that, I got to partner up with some skaters that I admire like Haterade and Freda Cox and things like that so that was also really really cool but sharing story time as she likes to call it with Bonnie Destroyer was <laughs> amazing to see things out of such positive eyes and someone who's really been through it all with roller derby was incredible and I just yeah I, I word on the street is that she's coming back so if you have a chance to attend a Bonnie Destroyer boot camp do it Oh, and, of course, it was by far the best interview I have ever done, which will be coming to a super ha- super fun, happy time near you shortly. Absolutely. Now, there were a lot of the highlights for the Derby community as a whole, but we put it to our listeners in the last episode and on Facebook recently to tell us more from a personal point of view. What was your best Derby memory of the year? What was your best bout of the year? And then, of course, because we're the egomaniacs that we are who record our voices speaking for two hours at a time um, <laughs> had to bring it back to us as oh, well. so what was your favorite vld moment of the year and your favorite vld guest and we had a couple of answers come through facebook and i guess we'll go through them now and and it might be a good time for us to basically put forward what our memories of the year were and our highlights apart from the, the the whole Derby community, if you will. Carly is a big fan of ours. She's always listening. She's always sending us messages on Facebook, which we really appreciate. And she said, my fave Derby, Derby memory was amazing myself one day at training. We did this activity that had me, and it's not very often I admit it, scared. I gave it a go, and to my amazement, I did it. My face was like a light bulb after that. No, oh, I love hearing that kind of stuff. Good, Carly. You're awesome. I think everybody's had um, a moment or two like that where you sort of um, have to push yourself to the limit and you sort of, you just sort of look at life a little bit differently because you think, you know, what if, if I could do that and I was so scared to do that in the first place, you know, it's one of those, one of those turning moments where you sort of get that boost of confidence that you need. So that's pretty cool. Anna War, obviously friend of the show, part of the Viva La Derby family, said that her best derby memory of the year was epic road trips to Victoria and Queensland for Rat City, and more specifically being able to be our roving reporter, our, <laughs> as or as she put it, media bitches at Queensland versus <laughs> the Sun State Roller Girls and NBR games, and maybe meeting Reanimator as well. Oh, like not at all. No, not at all. Like, seriously, your boner for Reanimator is hilarious, and I will. Just saying. <laughs> also, a great derby memory coming from Doombug, another really good friend of the show, and of course, the brains behind Roller Derby AU, who we love so very, very much, was the Rat City road trip. She came along with the Viva La Derby crew to the VRDL bow, and then she went along with our crazy roving media bitches to the um, Queensland Rat City bout. So, yeah, she had a she went all over the place. I think crazy amount of road time traveling, mental anyway. 
<laughs> so that was what some of our, our listeners have said, or friends of the show anyway. But let's put it to us. What's your favourite derby memory of 2011? Noms? Oof. Favourite derby memory of 2011. Um, oh, this, this is kind of cheesy, I guess. My favourite moment was being uh, or one of them I guess it wasn't really that big of a deal but being asked by Thunder Pussy to be involved in the um, unicorn skate out and now I try to keep it as secret as possible which wasn't very good because if you guys know me well enough I can't keep my mouth shut so I told a few friends and whatever the word got around but just to be asked and to be involved in that and just to be in the middle of the um the Horton and yeah to be with my you know one of my favorite teams and to be asked by one of my favorite skaters was pretty big deal for me and yeah i had great 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 time so much fun anyone else <laughs> mike oh for me uh it's been a it's been an epic year 2011 i mean i've got to done so much i got to go to rollercon i got to uh become a member of AFTERDA, the uh association of flat track derby announcers beaten by 15 minutes. Mike Mann from Sydney has been the first international announcer to be accepted in. Uh, going to the World Cup, of course, that was uh, that was awesome. Um, and and on that, probably the proudest moment and the moment that's going to stick with me is being at the World Cup and seeing Team New Zealand do the haka um, oh. a- against. Team USA, just like, I mean, you've seen the videos online and it looks pretty epic, but actually being there and feeling, you know, being one of the only handful of the Kiwis that were there that weren't involved in the haka, just such a proud moment to be part of Derby and to be a New Zealander as part of Derby. It was amazing. That spread on the internet like wildfire. People Mm. were just so inspired by that moment. It was honestly like... As Australians, we get to see the haka fairly often, uh, considering we beat you in just about every other sport, known to man. Um, uh, how, how did that rugby world cup go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Or, or, or the cricket? Or the cricket two weeks ago? Oh, just, okay, okay. I retract that statement. I retract that statement. Regardless, the haka <laughs> is always impressive, and it blows my mind every time. It's just, it's just great. And not only that, I don't, I've never really, I've never seen a performance by women before, which is even more impressive. And women on skates. So that right. was that was awesome. Absolutely. The the very cool thing about that hacker was that they uh, they got it specially written for them, and so uh, so that was one that was written for them with being on skates in mind and everything. So so it had even more more of a you know special feel for the girls um, while they were doing it. Ah, I didn't know that. That's very cool. I'm even more impressed. It, it helps when the team captain Hurricane Hori is uh, is um, absolutely just an amazing an amazing person and has has the contacts to get the iwi to write it for her. It's amazing, amazing. Yeah, I said in the last episode that I cried a little bit, so I won't recap that. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to be the manly man that I am, um, which leads me into my memory of the year. And because you know it's basically my show, I can cheat a little bit i got a couple um one is basically i know this is cheating but it's an amalgamation of everything that's come out of this podcast getting to know you two ladies has been a massive highlight for me 2011 but just having all the leagues open up welcome us into their venues into their their bouts into their lives basically having people listen to us 
and then feedback to us what it, you know that they appreciate it. Holy shit, mm. that's a massive, massive best memory for me. Like, because uh, I, I put a lot of time into it, I put a lot of work into it, and to know that it's actually appreciated means a lot to me. The other one for me was, and again, I, I fear for my reputation as the butch manly man that I am. But <laughs> <laughs> you said, why are you la- why are you laughing? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. My my wife, Pink Blitz, when she passed her first skills test, I was mm-hmm. super proud of that. Like she'd failed twice before, and is constantly on the verge of quitting Derby because it's too wow. hard. But she stuck to it and she she passed that test. And I know that a lot of a part of it is because of me. Like she she likes Derby, but she's not as mental about it as I am. So she's doing a lot of it because I dig it so much. Um, and she puts up with a lot as far as time away from her while I'm recording a podcast such as right now. And after every bout we go to, we hang back an extra 20 minutes while she sits in the car. And to see her actually apply herself to training and pass that initial skills test meant a lot to me as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Like Pink Blitz is, you know, a great friend of mine, obviously, not only because of you, Kahuna, but because we've grown to be great friends as well. And, you know, I saw her grow as a skater and struggle, and, you know, I've given her many, and many, and many inspirational, motivational books of it, trying to stick in, to stick at it, and I know she would get there. And the day that they announced who had passed the tests, she um, didn't make it to training, and I chased down the fresh meat trainers and cornered them and asked them if she had passed and I remember ringing you just being so flippin' excited about it and you sounded pretty excited over the phone so I think it's I think you're a top guy to think, to say that your wife passing a star test is one of your derby highlights so that's very nice yeah I'm a top guy yeah <laughs> you're a bit soft but yeah very soft <laughs> Um, so yeah, that brings me, I guess, to my favorite derby moments. There's so, so many and it's just so hard to narrow it down. Viva La Derby definitely has opened a lot of doors and, um, allowed us to meet a lot of people that I wouldn't have met before. Some of my idols and, um, and actually to make friends and even just people that I haven't met, you know, like, like you said, comments on Facebook and, and people appreciating what we do is is just really cool. That's definitely up there with my sort of favourite moments. Another favourite moment uh, personally was when Nigel and I hijacked Grand Slam Grand Slam TV. That was pretty cool doing what we do here, but in a different medium, I guess. Another one which is just a bit of a personal derby moment was winning the last bout of of the year, SWS Rockets, and um, and just sort of being the underdogs the whole year, and I set myself a goal. I like to set myself small goals because I get easily distracted, and um, <laughs> yeah, and just um, my goal was to to win a bout, and um, I didn't know how long that would be before I won a bout. I didn't really care, but to win it before the end of the year was pretty freaking cool, and uh, yeah, so that was. One of my favourite moments of the year. We also asked our listeners to tell us what was the bout of the year. 
And Cockless Monster replied on Facebook saying that the best bout was NRDL versus Adelaide's edge of my seat ending. I would actually, I'm going to jump in early and say that's probably my bout of the year as well. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. NRDL Adelaide up in Newcastle was freaking amazing, riveting stuff. We Again, we talked about it on the podcast, so go back and download episode eight, I think, if you want to have a listen to it. But that was a hell of a bout. So I'm going to jump the gun and say my bout of the year was NRDL versus Adelaide or ADRD, probably followed closely by Rat City VRDL. Yeah. And that was the bout as well when we hijacked Grand Slam TV as well. It was. So not only was it an edge of the seat ending, it was also pretty fun. Absolutely. Anna also chimed in and gave us her bout of the year. And she said it was a tie between NRDL versus ADRD, which you guys have both said it was your bout of the year, and also VRDL versus Ratsky. So they were both massive bouts. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to the NRDL versus Adelaide bout, but everything you guys have told me about and everybody else that went in every status on Facebook (laughs) told me that it was absolutely incredible. But I'm also going to jump the gun and maybe say not necessarily the bout of the year by attendance or by score or anything like that, but one of my favourite bouts of the year was Western Sydney Rollers take on Camera Roller Derby League during the Eastern Region um, comp. Uh, WSR didn't give up. They didn't score for eight. <laughs> Half the team were sick. They were skating off and having a spew in the toilets and then getting back on and continuing to skate. And when they did finally score points and get Lee Jammer, the crowd was small. The crowd was just, you know, derby peeps. It wasn't outsiders. It was just it was just us. And the roar that went through that stadium or that, that, that sports hall was like being at the Horton. It was yeah. just people People were on their feet cheering and clapping and just so, so happy for them that I don't know if that helped them or gave them some kind of adrenaline rush, but they were just, they were just, you could just see it afterwards. They were just like, yes, we did it. Just keep going. Don't know what happened. Just, just keep doing it. So I was really, really, I was really, really happy at that bout. That was awesome. Had heaps of fun. And, and that was the first time that someone recognized Nigel and I as being part of the Viva La Derby crew. I don't know if I was wearing my Viva La Derby shirt that Nigel had made me for my birthday or not, but we were, yes, walking, were. I, I, we were walking up to <laughs> the bathrooms or something, I don't know, and Aprilla, the hung went, hey, Viva La Derby crew, and I hadn't met Aprilla yet. I just only really admired her from the grandstands, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't talk. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> my heart just stopped <laughs> and Nigel was like this cool cat I was just sitting there going got nothing <laughs> <laughs> that was fun definitely um, the way that we've gotten to meet people that we once only watched from the sidelines is, is pretty amazing and and that was definitely the start of it anyway. That, that same weekend, by the way, Nimes, was also the first time that I got to meet Doomberg from Roller Derby AU when she was still shrouded in mystery and was being <laughs> yeah. the, you know, Peter Andre song, Mysterious Girl. She... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But she listed... Peter Andre. 
some of her favourite bouts of the year, also ignoring the rules. SSRG versus Canberra Roller Derby League, Sydney Roller Derby League Grand Final, Rat City versus Victoria Roller Derby League, Sun State versus NBR, NRDL versus ADRD, which we also picked, and Texas Roller Girls versus VRDL. So many awesome bouts, she couldn't narrow it down to one. Mike, yeah. what have you got for bout of the year in your opinion? Well, um, just going off the bouts that I uh, was actually at, because, of course, probably the bout of the year, as DNN uh, has proven by the readers' poll, was Montreal versus London, which was which was epic. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, um, of the games that I was at, um, I have to say Team Australia versus Team Sweden, while um, the game wasn't particularly close or anything, Actually getting to call that and watching Team Australia just being methodical, ter- you know, just picking apart and playing the game plan, watching Mark Madden just, you know, calling the shots and the team just absolutely focused and, uh, and, you know, uh, with the goal to get into, uh, into the next stage of the World Cup. That, that I have to say was one of the best team performances I've seen all year by any Derby team. Go Aussies. That's a hell of a bout to be at. I wish I was there so I could say that was my bout of the year as well. But good pick, Mike. Good pick. Yeah, and uh, and just for a local one, uh, this is one that uh, not everyone's gonna um, even know this uh, bout. Uh, it wasn't a high profile bout, but um, of course this year Christchurch with all the earthquakes, uh, there's been a lot of fundraising, and one of the bouts that was a fundraising bout actually saw two. Two teams from New Plymouth, the Taranaki Roller Corps, take on Mountain City Rollers. And what was so big about this was that's actually a league split. Taranaki, uh, Mountain City split from Taranaki, and, and there'd been a lot of bad blood between them, and a, as happens with league splits. And so it's a game that I didn't actually think I'd ever get to see. But they put that aside. They did they did it for Christchurch fundraising and it was an amazing bout. Two teams that are relatively new went down to the last jam, I, I think, four points in it at, at the end of the game. And for me, I got to be a fan. I got to sit. I got to yell. I got to yell at referees. I got to <laughs> do all the things of being a fan. And it was the first time, it was the first game of roller derby that I got to just be a fan of since I started announcing. And, uh, and so that's always going to hold a, a special, uh, special place in my heart. And I, I have to say that was my personal favorite bout of the year. All right. So that brings us to back to the show that we're, of course, talking on right now. Viva La Derby. It's been a hell of a year. Uh, 11 episodes in now. And we've got a lot of, I said before, it's like 1,200 minutes or something, 21 hours of audio to troll through. But we asked people to pick what their favorite Viva La Derby memory was or moment was. Anna War put on our Facebook page that her favorite moment was when Scylla had her little Hotmail incident, referring to our voicemail number as Hotmail. <laughs> And I like this one. That she likes Kahuna's one-liners, so I don't mind that at all. But <laughs> thanks, Anna. Well, Viva the Derby moment. Hotmail from Scylla. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that was embarrassing. That was hilarious. <laughs> but not unusual for me. I say stupid stuff like that all the time, so it doesn't surprise me. Anna Ward loves laughing at my expense. That's totally cool with me. Oh, dear. <laughs> 
I love you. I love you. I love you too, moms. It's all good. It's nothing that my family hasn't been doing for 27 years. Oh, conflict. (laughs) 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 Doombug from Roller Derby AU said that her favourite Roller Derby moment was actually spending time with us, forming the alliance that has become Roller Derby AU and Viva Derby, the whole media cooperation thing that we got going on. And actually being a guest on the show in the last episode, episode 10 of Viva Derby. All of of those were her favourite moments from Viva Derby. Yeah. I'd have to agree that, um, you know, there's like a little bit of a behind-the-scenes alliance going on with the media community, Derby media community, and I think there's a lot of things that we wouldn't get done without them, and uh, we scratch each other's backs, basically. That's pretty cool. What about you girls? What's your favourite moment from the show so far? If, uh, I don't know. Just, just, I don't know, odd moments when we just get dumb truck on the phone, at 5am American time and he hasn't slept and he's got to drive like a kajillion hours with Pitchett and that that was hilarious actually I'm glad you brought that up because he did actually um, comment today on Facebook and he said that that was his favourite, one of his favourite moments that's awesome Uh, another, do you know what and even our fuck ups have been some of my favourite moments such as Awesome fuck ups like stop not recording the Quadzilla interview. That mm-hmm. was Viva La Derby's first opportunity at doing a massive international interview, and we stuffed it and we learnt from it and we never, never sort of forgave ourselves for it. But now we can laugh at it because it was pretty funny. And we always mm-hmm. joke about it. Nigel, have you charged the recorder? Is there enough <laughs> memory space? Have you bought memory sticks or whatever the hell they're called? So it's an ongoing joke now. Yeah, so now I, I walk around with like 16 gigabytes of card and 27 batteries in my bag and everything. So, yeah, now it's OCD-ness. So, of course, we continue to give BK a lot of crap about, you know, making sure that he's got a lot of like batteries and memory cards because we never want to have another Quadzilla moment. But we can always go back and laugh at that. So that that's obviously one of my... um. One of my small Viva Derby moments, but I guess if I had to pick one overall, and you guys haven't heard it yet, and I know I've gone on about it a little bit in all the episodes we've done since then, but and I'm probably hyping it up more than ever now, but the um, Body Destroyer interview, she's an absolute doll, and again, it was our first felt-like real interview. We went to someone's hotel room, and... We sat around and we talked and it just felt so natural. And the next thing we knew, we'd been there for over a couple of hours. And, yeah, she's just she's just incredible, an incredible person, absolute inspiration. So definitely one of my favorite VLD moments. And, of course, how grateful I am to be involved in VLD to, give my, to have that opportunity to talk to somebody like Bonnie Destroyer. Yeah. That was, that was a great interview. That will be coming very shortly in the next couple of weeks, actually. So... By the time episode 12 comes out to start off the new year, that one will be available for sure in January. Now, Mike, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but have you got a favourite memory from Viva La Derby? Um, I do have a favourite memory from Viva La Derby. It's uh, not necessarily to do with the podcast, but uh, when I was at Rollercon, I was in a workshop uh, about international roller derby, and uh, there are a lot of people from around the world, and we were doing... 
the go around the group and say where you're from and who you are. And uh, and uh, sitting directly across from me uh, was Godzilla. And uh, I re- remembered that I talked to you briefly on email about uh, possibly catching up with her and doing some uh, interviews while I was over there. And uh, actually getting to meet Godzilla afterwards, and she gave me a Viva La Derby uh, sticker, which is uh, proudly on the front of my laptop uh, as we speak. And uh, it was really cool. And then uh, getting to uh, interview people for the Derby has actually been really fun and especially the Aussies abroad um, uh, when I approached Haterade at the World Cup and told her that I was doing it for Viva de la Derby, she was just super excited to be interviewed for you guys so it just goes to show that you, know, you guys have really had a positive on the Australian roller derby community and people just want to be involved and you know it's uh, it's nice for me as, as a non-Aussie uh, to be able to go up to uh, to Aussies and go, hey, I'm just going to do something for Viva La Derby, and they've been super keen to uh, to be involved. So that's been really cool. That is really cool, yeah. man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, that is that's pretty awesome. I didn't that's know nice. people have that reaction. <laughs> what about you, Silla? What's your favourite moment from the year? Oh, of Viva La man. Derby? I've had. Uh, I've really found it hard to narrow it down. Because um, we've had so many awesome people on, um, just chatting to people, and I mean, like I've I'm pretty new to Derby as well, and just learning along the way. So it's been amazing to talk to people like Pitchett, um, Medusa, and Dirty Larry. But um, oh, look, I really loved the competitions that we had, the Buster Ryman comp, and um, I think the very the very first comp that we had was how roller derby saved my soul and just listening to all the entries that come in and people really just putting in so much effort was just amazing and having the support of um the companies that give us the gifts the prizes to give away is they're just awesome moments but i think overall my favorite on air moment um was our first interview that Nigel and i went out to do at SRDL, and we interviewed Haterade and Miss Biff. I developed a very strong derby crush on Haterade, and um, it was just an amazing interview and um, some amazing chicks. And I was nervous as hell before doing that and walked away from the interview just high-fiving Nige, going, that was freaking awesome. So that's definitely um, something that sticks out in my mind. And favourite VLD moment off air was getting in trouble by you, BK, for making all this noise when I thought I I swear I was on mute. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) And then realising that um, this the the whole time we'd been recording for like we were about an hour into recording and it had actually my laptop was using the inbuilt microphone instead of the headset microphone. So you know, every five minutes I'd put myself on mute to readjust my position and get comfortable and and I was wondering why Nige was yelling, Who's making all that noise? <laughs> and it was me the whole time. So there's just some of the little shenanigans that go on behind the scenes. Yeah, all that stuff that gets cut out of the show are probably <laughs> You know what my oh. favourite moment on VLD is? Every episode we do, when I actually hit publish and it's uploaded and I breathe a massive sigh of relief because I love recording it and I love going out and doing the interviews, but then for like three to four to five, seven days later or whatever, I'm fucking editing the shit out of it and I'm seeing 
waveforms on in my sleep from you know audacity the way that it's sort of laid out and just when i hit that publish and it's live and i send you girls a message and say it's up go fucking evangelize on facebook pimp it out <laughs> that's what i like to that, yeah. that, that's awesome when it happens such a relief but oh i just remembered as well the blooper reel with the um was benny hin music Benny yeah, Hinn. that was good. Benny Hill. Yeah, I've always called him Benny Hinn for some reason. Um, but yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> and we all Isn't fall he... down when he puts his hand out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I always got them mixed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. Seriously, I was listening to it in my car on the way home because I always get so excited when it's published to listen to the final edit, and um, I tears man i had tears and i listened to it like 10 times and i played it to every one of my friends even whether they are into derby or not i played them especially the blooper reel and it was just hilarious <laughs> oh, there's way too many to pick from obviously like i listened to it four or five times per episode during the whole editing process and and there's way too many things to pick out as as my single favorite derby memory but my vld memory but a big one was the the Buster Rhyme and Comp because I'm such a fan of hip hop that seeing people actually try to be creative about roller derby in a way that really hasn't existed before. Roller derby music is generally punk rock metal whatever, but okay. to actually have something that I yeah rock and have something that I like associated with another thing that I like was pretty special. And I had a lot of fun actually writing my song as well for Viola Dirty. That was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Actually, yeah, oh, that's going on my list as well. Another favourite. <laughs> now, I, I guess for us it's going to be incredibly difficult to narrow this down, but let's give it a shot anyway. Favourite Viola Derby guest throughout the year. Oh, Anna War said that hers were Godzilla and Dita Von Bruiser. Doombug says that hers were Jilla and Anawar. So a bit of love fest for Jilla going on there. And she was a great guest, so much so that we had her on back-to-back episodes. Big part yeah. of Evil Adobe. But can you name a favourite guest for the year? Obviously, we've got one on now, so we, you know, we might have to pick him. <laughs> I guess so, if we have to. I don't have one particular favourite VLD guest. I'm just grateful for everybody who's taken the time out and been patient with us because this has been a massive learning process for the, for, for the three of us. We've never done a podcast before and Nigel is just incredible what he does behind the scenes. And, you know, sometimes we have to be a little bit patient with Skype and how far we can go with that. But, um, yeah, just anybody who's totally taken the time out to be involved with Viva Derby and be a guest on the show and people actually ask to be on the show that we don't actually have to chase people down to go, hey, be on the show. People go, yeah, I'll, can I Can I be on the show? And we're like, oh, fuck yes. Yes, mm-hmm. you can totally be on the show as much as you want. So I'm grateful for everybody. I'm yeah, just we've had a lot of... Switzerland. <laughs> we've have had you... a lot of help along the way. Absolutely. Has there been any interviews, um, Mike, that you were particularly appreciative of 
Well, I think you guys have been doing a great job uh, with all the guests, and because uh, I know how hard it can be to uh, interview people. Like some people are uh, super keen to be involved, and then uh, you put them in front of a mic and freeze up. Uh, but for me, probably my my favorite uh, guest that you guys have had on uh, is Pitchett from uh, Derby Deeds. Um, I'm you know. As a former podcaster myself, I just really love the fact that the podcasting love that goes through uh, roller derby is just like derby love, where no one's competing against each other. And like when I was in Vegas, Derby Deeds were super keen to have me on uh, their show. I mean, I, as I said earlier, when Nigel approached me, I was you know keen to help uh, you guys get uh, Viva Derby up and running. And so uh, just uh, getting to hear people who enjoy talking about derby talk more about derby is a a great time and uh and yeah i just i think as i said all the guests have been great but uh of course pitch it is uh is one of my favorites that was a great interview and and one of our first sort of international guests and we'll talk a little bit later about all the people we've met through the podcast this year and and that we're massive fans of but right now while we're on the topic of all these favourites from 2011, let's throw the Skype phone lines open to some of our listeners. This is the first time we're doing this. Well, we tried it another time, but it didn't work. So let's see if we can get someone on the line now and, and put them on the spot for what they're after. So I put on Facebook. That sounds that promising. If, yeah, if you want to be on the show, add us on Skype, and we've got a few people lined up. So let's see if we can get someone right now. Oh, my God, this is so exciting. It's like people wheel of fortune. <laughs> bee boo, bee boo, bee um, boo, bee boo. Nikki Knockout from Sun State Roller Girls, thanks for joining Viva La Derby. We're very glad to have you on the show. Woohoo! I'm really excited. I've had a couple of bottles of vino, so I'm all good. <laughs> you warned oh, me about that. Wow. Said, I'll come on as long as I have wine. So Yeah, I, I said warning you. Swear a lot. I have adult ADD and I'm often drunk. We were just on chat roulette, so anything could be happening. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey. Oh, we should totally Thanks. do that one night. <laughs> yeah. Just get a whole podcast of talking about dudes with their dick in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> we did see boobs. He saw boobs. Yeah, but what's yeah, the ratio to make it work? And we talked to a small wee baby from America. <laughs> this episode, Nikki, we've been doing a, a ca- basically a recap of 2011. We've gone through our highlights of the year, bout of the year, what our favourite moments were from the podcast so far, and we thought we'd open it up to other people on Skype as well. So tell us, Nikki, what is your favourite derby memory of 2011? And you've probably got a hell of a lot to pick from. <laughs> I did. I, we were actually having a bit of a talk over over dinner about what would be the highlight for this year. And, of course, I would have to say the World Cup. That was an experience that um, not many people would understand um, unless we're actually there. And uh, it's really hard to put into words what was so amazing about it. Um, but that sort of from a home league point of view, um, the opportunity to play Rat City would probably have been the highlight of my home league um, of this year. Now, I think we're actually going to get some very similar themes going on because we all picked the World Cup as a massive highlight of the year and also the Rat City Tour against Victoria, Sunstate yeah. and Northern yep. Brisbane as well. So what about bout of the year? What would you say was your favourite bout of 2011? 
Um, it would have actually been our grand final that we just had a few weeks ago. It was a really, um, a really highly anticipated game um, between two teams that had won two games apiece. And the first uh, 20 minutes of the game, there was only a total of 10 points actually put on the board between the two teams. So it was really intense and really sort of edge of your seat stuff. Um, there, that that would have been the the best game that I watched all year. And when you have the home, I know that this year was the first year with the three home teams. How did, do you do you get to pick a team for yourself? Like, do you have a favourite? <laughs> um, I have favourites, I suppose, at different times of the year. That's like asking a mum to pick her favourite kid. That's a really hard thing um, to choose. But there's certainly. Um, highlights from all the teams um, throughout the year and that sort of makes my favourite wane, I suppose, because at different times of the year they've all had turns at being my favourites. Okay. Now, one of the things that we've also talked about, and I didn't realise how awkward it would be to actually ask people this, considering that it's my podcast and we're on it, but <laughs> I know that you listen to the show. What is your favourite memory from Viva La Derby throughout 2011? And again, that just sounds so egotistical to ask someone that in person. But <laughs> Well, God, I can probably give you an even more egotistical answer, and that um, I get like a little chirpy pride anytime I hear you guys talk about Sun State Roller Girls. So an egotistical question with an even more greatly egotistical answer. Uh, and we talk about Sun State a lot because that is one hell of a league you got there, Nikki. I know. It keeps me hooked. Yeah. got that out of freaking control. <laughs> and have you had a particular interview or guest on Viva La Derby that you were really fond of? Um, knowing that we have interviewed some Sun State girls as well. I know. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I, I I couldn't even I couldn't even pick a favourite. It's been really cool to hear people's um, roller derby voices and sort of their their thoughts on roller derby. People that I might not necessarily have known personally, but that I know of them through sort of the derby world, and um, to hear them being interviewed and talking about their home leagues and home games um, it has been really cool. What's being microwaved in the background? <laughs> well, is it food? What are you eating? Yep, it's um apple pie and custard. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, and because we've we've finished all of our wine, I think I'm here so, with um I'm here with Mark and Slaughter Daughter and um your mum Louie, and we had Polly crackers here for dinner. Oh, uh, hey, I just have to take this uh, moment to apologise to Slaughter Daughter for announcing her name wrong at the last game at the World Cup that I announced. I I was skim reading, and unfortunately I got her name mixed up with one of the skaters from another game, so I just want to apologise here in person. It's me lots worse all the time, I'm sure. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear she said, don't worry about it, Mark calls me heaps worse all the time. (laughs) <laughs> actually we caught it we, he, he actually spelt her name wrong in a couple of the world cup applications and instead of calling her slaughter daughter he actually called her salawat dugal become a bit of a standing joke that now instead of being called slaughter daughter she's called salawat 
Carl. That's from Sounds like she should be uh. playing for Team India or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next World Cup we may see an app that. Uh, a, a new team putting Mark into. Actually, we met a couple of people from India on tra- chat roulette. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting. Sounds like a fun night. No. I just had um, I just had a frightening moment where I was leaning right over to talk into the computer, and I realised that my shirt was hanging down so far that you would have been able to see both my boobs. And for a split second, I thought, "Oh my god, don't tell me chat roulette's still on." <laughs> uh, wish we had video chat. That's why so many Indians stopped long enough to talk here. Yeah. <laughs> nice <of> you. <laughs> now, Nikki, we've got a lot of people to get through tonight, so I'm going to have to love you and leave you, but I, I do hope that we'll have a, a more in-depth conversation very soon now that you're, you know, the silly season's winding out. We'll get together and have a chat, okay? Awesome. Maybe, awesome. maybe a bit more of a chat roulette sort of kind of conversation. We'll be naked. Oh. You'll be naked. It'll be oh, great. That's- I'm, I'm into it, man. <laughs> I've already got my pants off. I was going to say, yeah, Billy is apparently not wearing any pants, so we're halfway there. <laughs> it's oh, too freaking hot, and Nigel would let me turn the fan on because it makes too much noise. <laughs> we were supposed to wear pants? <laughs> oh, prerequisite for being on Derby. Yeah, cool. Okay, night, guys. Thanks, Nikki. Let's go to Holga von Lomo. Yay! Holga, thank you for joining Viva La Derby. This is our 2011 recap year in review. We've actually just been sitting with myself, Denominator, Cyclone Silla, and Mike Riot from the Riot Act podcast is on the line as well. And we're talking about some of the highlights of the year, our, our personal favourites. Can you tell Viva La Derby, Holger Von Lomo, who, you know, we love you, you're part of the show with your contributions throughout the year from ADRD. What has been your derby memory of 2011, your best derby memory of 2011? Oh, gosh. There's probably two for me. Um, And this year it was being a part of the Adelaide Roller Derby travel team, um, referee contingent. My first one was over in Perth, and and that was really fantastic to referee the, the Perth match over there because... I got to do them at the TGSS uh, in 2010. So a sort of a year had passed and I got to see all the girls that I'd seen at the TGSS, which was really good, and, and a lot of their newer players as well. So it was really lovely just to see where Derby's at in Western Australia. And the second part of it was as a spectator and boutcaster for the Pirate City match in Auckland, New Zealand. And, you know, that was fantastic for Adelaide to have a win, obviously. But, again, also to see some of the skaters been in uh, TGSS and that I'd known about from other people. And just to get to hang out with them and make some new contacts and spend some time over there was, was fantastic. So that was sort of the two big things for me in this past year that have really hit a chord with Australian roller derby. Oh, that's cool, because we've actually got Mike Riot who called that bout. Over in yeah, Europe. yeah. No, it was great having uh, you guys come over and uh, and uh, the Adelaide uh, cheering squad. While it was small, it was mighty during that game. It was a, it was a great pleasure having you guys there. I think I got to meet you, Mike. We were hanging out in uh, the square, having some burgers and and trialing the doofers yes. from Burger Theory. Oh yeah, I want a doofer. What's that? That sounds good. 
The the duffer is actually uh, just the, it's, it's a... the cardboard catching uh, device because the burgers are so big that you need to have something underneath so it doesn't all fall out. It's uh, something that a burger fuel invented, uh, but it uh, it makes the burger experience that much more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the other questions we asked Holger was bout of the year. What would you say was your bout of the year if it wasn't one of those two already? Oh gosh. I reckon, or just, it'd have to be probably Adelaide versus Newcastle, I think. I um, followed the Twitter cast for that. I didn't get to be at that one in person, but just from, you know, the the feeling back home and and what you could convey from everybody else, it was very edge-of-the-seat kind of action, and I think, you know, people had put... um, probably their eggs in all the Adelaide's basket, but Newcastle really picked it up and, and showed everybody that they are still, you know, something out there that can contend with the bigger leagues in Australia, which is just fantastic. Absolutely. That actually lined up with my bout of the year and Silla's bout of the year as well. We both loved mm. that one, and it was good to see a lot of the names that we've heard from your recaps in person. So that was a, a great memory yeah, for me as well. Yeah, that's good stuff. Now, I just we just had a conversation with Nikki Knockout from Sun State, and I said it was awkward asking someone in person when it's about our own podcast. But have you got a favourite Viva La Derby memory from our past ten episodes or so? Oh gosh, I was trying to think of this today actually, and I've had a, a pretty crazy day because I've just driven back from visiting the family in Victoria and um, a lot of other stuff on my mind, and you know. I guess there isn't really just one particular moment, but the fact that Derby in Australia has got so big now that we've got space for things like Viva La Derby and Grand Slam TV and, you know, all those little businesses that are contributing to the needs of the Derby community. Fourth minor, fourth minor. Plug, plug. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Holger von Loma is, of course, the proprietor of fourth minor a fine retailer of derby-related re- paraphernalia like wheel bags and helmet panties. And obviously she she also donned our budgie smugglers over in Las Vegas for Rollercon this year as well. That's right. And people can find more about Fourth Minor on Facebook. The last question that we asked was, what was your favourite guest on Viva the Derby in 2011? Oh, gosh, that's putting me on the spot. <laughs> oh, no. You can pick yourself, oh, no, I guess. you know, all your recaps. No, I've got tickets. Uh, no, I oh. think just, you... just having that contact with the um, American guys from Derby Deeds, you know, it's really nice to show that that love extends across the oceans and everybody's really just got that common goal. That's awesome. Holger, yeah. you've played a massive part of Viva La Derby in 2011. And I feel like we wouldn't necessarily have the same sort of coverage. We wouldn't be the show that we are if it wasn't for your contributions. And we appreciate you immensely and hope that you'll continue to be a part of the Viva La Derby family in 2012 going forward. But I just want to extend my gratitude, our gratitude, and say thank you for coming on the show tonight and being a part of the Viva La Derby family. Thanks, guys. It's been my pleasure. Okay, we'll talk again soon, but we've got a couple other people we want to get to as well, so thanks, Holger. Happy New Year, okay? I'm coming over for dinner in June. Absolutely. And I don't want spam. I get spam all the time. (laughs) No, I'll cook you something nice. (laughs) 
Now we have Doombug on the line from Roller Derby AU. We've actually been speaking your words tonight quite often as you put a, fa- a post on our Facebook with some of your derby memories, but we thought we'd get the, the words straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. We're, we've got Mike Wright on the line, obviously denominator. How's it going? Hello. Hey, Doombug. <laughs> now one of the things we've asked Doombug is, what was your favourite derby memory from 2011? The Rat City Tour. That I did with and for Viva La Derby and Roller Derby AU. Um, going down to see them play Victoria and then back up to Brisbane the following week. <laughs> it was good times. We talked about it in the last episode, it, but that was probably the highlight of the year for you? I'd say so. I mean, just, you know, the excellent company and um, just watching that, you know, those brilliant games just, yeah, blew me away. What about bout of the year? I, I put this question out and you answered back with about eight of them. <laughs> Can you narrow it down somewhat? <laughs> um, I mean, apart from then, uh, I'd have to, those bouts, I'd have to say um, that I really loved um, Sun State versus Canberra. So you've said before that mm. Sun State's probably one of your favourite teams. And Canberra. <laughs> and we just so had Nick, we actually just had Nikki Knockout from Sun State on the line as well, giving her favourites of 2011. And what did she say? Uh, you'll hear it. Very soon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favourite Viva La Derby moment from the past ten or so episodes? I've loved them all. I loved being on the last one. But I have to say, like, Godzilla with the Rollercon, and, you know, I love Anna War, so... I mean, I love them all. Like, I think you guys are doing really well. What? No, I'm sorry, but it has, it has to be when it was the whole... Who is behind Roller Derby AU conversation? You've had this talk, and I remember you telling me that you were sitting there just absolutely cacking it, thinking, "I, you never thought that people were wondering who was behind, who were the brains behind Roller Derby AU." <laughs> and here are Nigel and I going, wrecking our brains, going, "Who is this person? I want to know." And it was this <laughs> must know. ages. Oh, I didn't know everything. <laughs> And that was completely unexpected. So, yeah, that was very memorable. <laughs> and then later down the track, you three actually met, and um, and I said, no, don't tell me. I don't want to know who it is until I meet said person in person. <laughs> yes, we thought you were – well, I thought you were Tyler Durden, so – <laughs> That's right. It was good to finally meet you. There is a physical body behind the voice. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at a picture right now. <laughs> okay. It's all fake. Oh, yeah, and that's true. I mean, like, it was just a picture on tour. That's it. That's no actual person. <laughs> yeah. And the last question, Doombug, was what was your favourite guest on Viva La Derby? Or, if you don't want to say who your favourite guest was... Out of the three of us, who is your favourite? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know Scylla at all. <laughs> uh, so be my she's goal out of the running. Well. See you later, Scylla. That right, be that'll... <laughs> <laughs> Stop I'm only kidding. I'm a, you know I'm the clear winner here, so it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll give it up for noms. I can't compete with that. <laughs> Our Doombug, it has been one hell of a whirlwind year. We've had so much happen for your little project and ours and for our little projects to actually come together and make little roller derby babies somewhat. The Alliance. The Alliance. The but Alliance. I want to thank you 
like on behalf of Viva La Derby for the contributions you've made to not only to our podcast, which we would be lost without your scores and content and a lot of the information that you provide and just your knowledge overall of roller derby in Australia. But thank you for your contributions to roller derby. In Australia, mm. the fact that you're putting in that level of effort, which I don't know if everyone out there really understands the, the level of commitment required to produce what you are, and it far surpasses what we do on this little podcast, the, the hours that you put in is to be commended, and we thank you from Viva La Derby. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate that you you guys have just accepted me into, you know, the Viva La Derby family and I, I'm so excited. Like, as I said, that trip away, getting to know you guys was just so, so amazing and I, I can't wait to, like, to do, you know, more Alliance things next year and the barbecue. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Now, we have to hang we, out a lot at the barbecue. We have to hang out heaps so we can get to know, I know. each other. And then maybe like, next year I will be your favourite. <laughs> 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 I'll be the two, your 2012 favourite VLD host. <laughs> uh, well, put in a featured skater. Yeah, fill out the form, Scylla. Be a featured skater and she'll get to know all about you. Well, there you go. I just might have to. Uh, on that note as well, love the idea of um, voting for the most inspirational skater on rollerderbyau.net. That's a very good Not idea. Not biased at all, but vote for Anna Wall and Dita Von Bruiser. I just think, you know, they, I mean, everyone took the time to fill in, you know, the, um, the questions and everything, and I know that I always look forward to finding out, you know, what people have, you know, dealt with in their journey and how they got into derby. That's really interesting to me, and I'm really, like, excited that it's been really popular so far it's blown me away so i'm hoping other people get on board and make some prizes because i think you know by giving back to the people that have supported the website and everything all years i mean if i could afford to i'd give every single one a shirt but hopefully in the future that's something i can do the future looks bright for all Zerby au and doombug you're doing a great job and i can't wait to see what more things you bring to the derby community for our amusement and entertainment thanks again and we look forward to working more closely with you next year thank you i can't wait Okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Alright, let's do, let's wrap this baby up. It's been a hell of a year in 2011 for Viva La Derby and for Roller Derby as a whole, all around the world, but especially in our little neck of the woods in, in New Zealand and Australia. I'm, for one, am grateful for everything that's happened to me and to us because of Roller Derby, and I can't wait to see what actually comes our way in the future. So let's just throw it out there quickly. What are some of the things that we're looking forward to in 2012? My first thing that I want to say, January 21... Oh my god, what the fuck barbecue is happening January 21. Make sure that if you're able to get to it, get to it because you're going to be surrounded by a whole bunch of cool derby people that can just chat, hang out, have fun and eat some barbecue. Oh my god, what the fuck style. Oh my yeah. god, and if you are Great. a derby awesome. business that can help us out in any way, shape or form to put on this once in a lifetime event and get in touch with us at podcast at vivaladerby.com. I am super pumped for 2012 because it, it brings Rose City Rollers, Mel 
Mangle and Scratcher in the Eye <laughs> Boot Camps and Brutal Booty Screening. So that's going to be huge in 2012. Yeah, they're actually coming out from Rose City Rollers, obviously with a wealth of experience putting on boot camps around our fair shores and having screenings of the documentary Brutal Beauty. We actually got a chance to chat with Mel Mangles and Scratcher in the Eye from Rose City Rollers, so let's have a quick listen to that. <laughs> For Viva La Derby, this is the Big Kahuna. And I'm Cyclone Silla. And Silla, we're very glad to be joined at a very unhappy hour for our guests this evening. But all the way from the United States of America, stateside, Rose City Rollers, Mel Mangles and Scratcher in the Eye have joined us for a, to have a bit of a chat about their upcoming tour of Australia. Thanks for joining us, ladies. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Now, this might be a little bit awkward, and I do apologize. Unfortunately, that is the limitation of Skype and technology and our massive budget that we work this podcast under. (laughs) (laughs) But I I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us. And you reached out to me, which I am eternally grateful for. You said you came across our podcast while listening to Derby Deeds and get to sort of be on the, I guess, the Aussie version of that. And tell us a little about your upcoming trip. Now, before we do that, one of the things that we like to do on Viva La Derby is every guest that we speak to, we want to get to know a little bit better, um, a little bit of their backstory, if you will. I am a massive comic book fan, and we always ask about their secret origin story, how the Hulk became the Hulk and how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. How did Scratcher in the Eye become Scratcher in the Eye and Mel Mangles become Mel Mangles? Scratcher, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I started uh, in Derby about oh, six years ago, and at that time I was working in construction and had just moved back to Portland, Oregon, Boston, and didn't have a lot going on in my life, didn't have a lot of friends, and then one of my dad's friends, actually, um, I was sitting having beers with her at a bar, and she was telling me about roller derby, and at this point, the City Rollers even hadn't even had their first bout yet, but... It was very exciting, the sound of full contact sports and a lot of celebrating and a lot of fun women hanging out together. Um, it sounded like something I wanted to do, but at the time, so I had just moved there, I wasn't able to pay the dues, so it took actually a few months before I could start playing derby and buy skates so I could get a solid job. But um, And then I, I started and... I was hooked from the first practice. It sounds very familiar, actually. A lot of skaters that we talk to have a very similar story that once that first practice happens, they're hooked for life. So I was. I remember standing. We were skating at Oaks Park, and they have this little side area in the skating park there where just the kids who can't skate skate, and that's where I was, and then <laughs> all the big girls skating. And I just remember thinking, I just want to be one of the big girls. <laughs> want to go. <laughs> You're with the big girls now, Scratcher. (laughs) I'm still not very big, but with the big girls. (laughs) And what about you, Mel? What's your secret origin story? How did you become Mel Mangle? Well, I'm pretty sure it was destiny, you know, like everybody else. But um, I had moved out to Washington in 2005. And I think it was either late in 2005 or really early in 2006, I was waitressing out at the coast and um, some, you know, just some friendly couple came in to have dinner and the girl was talking to me about how she had started a derby league in Olympia with some friends of hers in Olympia, Washington. And I was like, 
really? Does that involve roller skating? Because I roller skated my whole life and I really want to skate. And there was no skating rink or anywhere to skate out there. And it rains constantly, so you can't just skate outside. So then I decided that, you know, it would be worth the time to drive. It was like um, maybe almost a two hour drive away, but I just wanted to go skate with them and, and kind of like scratcher. I mean, I showed up to my first practice and afterwards I felt like I got my ass kicked, but there was no way that I wasn't going to do it again. And then for the next year I commuted that trip for a long, you know, for two hours for three practices a week until I decided that I needed to move because gas was getting expensive. (laughs) And then um, a period of time later, some friends and I started um, the Rainy City Roller Dolls, which are just south of Olympia in Centralia, Washington. And that league's still going strong, I'm proud to say. And I was a huge fan of Rose City Rollers since hearing about Derby. I would go down and watch all of their bouts. I watched Scratcher bout as a heartless Heather, and I had so many idols in Rose City. It was just always my dream to skate with them. So I think it was in late 2009 that I moved to Portland and tried out for the all-star team, and I made it, and it's just been gravy ever since. It's awesome. So you moved to Portland specifically for Derby? Yeah, I didn't really, well, I'm pretty fortunate in the sense that, you know, I work for myself and I don't really have anything that ties me down. I think that it was just great. I'm like the most irresponsible person ever, so I could pick up and go. And (laughs) then I just went, yeah, and it was all, it was totally all for Derby. And I had a couple of good friends of mine, like Napalm Beth and Merciful Kate had moved down to Portland to skate. And I just really wanted to be in this environment. And the league here is so professional and so amazing that I knew there was just a a ton for me to learn, you know. Can I just, just quickly for our Australian listeners, not as familiar with the geography of the United States, when you say Washington, that is um, Washington State, not Washington, D.C., and the Pacific Northwest. That's correct. Um, We are on the West Coast. And just to give them a little bit of perspective, um, yeah, Portland is about two hours south, a straight drive on the interstate from Olympia. And so that was the move that I made. And um, it's all, you know, we're in a really concentrated area of roller derby here. So it's kind of a hotbed. I mean, you can't drive drive very far without finding a league that you're going to like. Well, you get that Pacific Northwest swing of um, Rose, Oli, and, and Rat City as well. Like, it's just so strong up there. And considering that, you know, it is commonly referred to as Bestons, the Western Regionals, Rose City did an amazing job this year, coming in third place and then getting yeah. to Nationals or Champs, as they're now called. So beating out the likes of Rat City, beating Bay Area, Denver, some massive names in in roller derby and you're able to get to the national championship so congratulations girls thank you thank you awesome showing well i think that i would really like to thank scratcher for that and i feel like it was partly her leadership over the past two years in working with caddy and our coaches and our training committee at rose city that we just kept raising the bar and you know i can't take a whole lot of credit for it because i just wanted to show up and be a part of the program but like there's girls that laid the foundation for what we skated to nationals on. And without that, you know, the program would be nothing. So 
I'm just thankful to be a part of it. Yeah, it was a pretty good year. I mean, we skated more than we've ever skated before. We trained harder than we've ever trained. And it's been like consistently every year it gets, there's more and more that we add to it. I don't know if we really could add more training to our schedule next year <laughs> on top of our 20 hours that we already do a week. Now, being ranked third in the Western region is obviously a very high-profile spot. So high-profile, in fact, that recently there was a movie made about the the league, Brutal Beauty. And that's part of the reason why you're going to be coming to our fair land in the near future. That is correct. Have you guys had a chance to see it? I haven't, actually. I've been scouring the internet to try to find it. I will have to purchase it and see if I can get postage out here, so... So it doesn't have an international release yet. Um, the director, Chip Mabry, is in the process of getting that, um, and it should be happening fairly soon. So when we uh, arrive in Australia, we will be there for the, the Australian premiere. That's awesome. So how did so how did Rose City Rollers get involved in the movie, and, and how did you determine as a league that it was something you guys wanted to be associated with? Actually, we've had a lot of, at that time, we had had several offers for documentaries, and our uh, executive director, Rocket Mean, who is uh, an amazing woman who is um, the founder of our league and has made our league what it is today, she was very, very picky about who she would let actually make the movie. So she had had several offers over the last few years, and she sat down and talked with Chip and she said, you have to be very careful about how this is made. You have to be incredibly respectful and you need to portray it like it's a sport. Um, This is not about being sexy. This is not about whatever negative thing that um, some film directors could have done. And so she was really protective and chose Chip and he made a really great movie that really shows the rise of um, an athletic team over a season. Awesome. Now, some of the reviews that I've read, as I said, I haven't been able to watch it yet. So what I've heard of it is that it actually pushes a lot of boundaries and sort of has a no-limit sort of insight into the league, into the Rose City Rollers, including yourself, Scratcher. What was the filming process like? Can you give us an insight into what it was like being a part of that production? Yeah, sure. It was not invasive to me at all. They were at bouts, at several of our bouts that season, and... They were at events. They were there to ask interviews. They followed us to regionals and filmed our bout at regionals and then interviewed us after we lost to Rocky Mountain and didn't make it to championships. And that was sad. But um, And then they also came into our homes. And when you see the each individual skater that's in the movie getting profiled, it's in their homes. It's showing what their life is outside of Derby, and it was not intrusive. They were, you know, they just came in and asked some nice questions, and we sat and chatted. That's good. I mean, one thing that about Derby, we use pseudonyms. You know, we have, there's bout fits, there's all sorts of things that distract, but it's good to get to know the person behind the <clears throat> facade, if you will. A lot of the times these days, unfortunately, when you ha- say things like documentary or, you know, not to confuse it with reality te- television, it is actually... What happens on screen is actually what happened in real life. Yeah, and that's happening in this movie. When they were filming my interview, um, I was still in school studying to be an acupuncturist, and they came and they filmed me cupping somebody's back um, and giving what a treatment is like so they could see what my life is like uh, outside of the track. I'm healing people, and they're not on the track and hurting people. So. <laughs> 
How long did the whole process take? Making the movie? Yeah. It took uh, like a year and a half. Okay. It's a, it's a long time opinion. to have people sort of, you know... I know you said it's not intrusive, but it's a it's a genuine commitment from the, the filmmakers to really show what the sport is about and what the league is about, I guess. Well, I think it's really a testament to how great they were, that they were at our events, they were at our practices, and it did not seem intrusive. They were friendly, and, and Chip is now, the director is really just a part of our league. He's at all of our events still, and he goes to all of our parties, and he hangs out with all of us. He's a really great guy. So um, you've obviously noticed there's heaps of other roller derby documentaries and movies and short films and things like that that seem to be popping up all over the place in all, all different countries. There's a few small ones on the internet about Australia. Um, but what is it about Brutal Beauty that makes it stand out from the rest? What makes it a bit different? Even though I wasn't a part of the filmmaking, um, this is Val Mangles here, I can speak to what I noticed because arriving in Rose City, the premiere happened, I think, maybe only a month or two after I had moved to Portland and joined the league. And for me, the this movie, aside from a lot of other movies, really put a personal face on roller derby. And I feel like um, there sometimes is a misinterpretation by people of what it is that you're up to and what you're doing. And for me, the movie provided perspective as a teammate that I would not have otherwise had. And I think that it was a really valuable tool for me to understand what my teammates had been through. Because once I was on the team, there was often people talking about things that had happened in previous seasons. And the movie made it more real to me. Whereas if it was just people talking about something that happened the previous season, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's nice. And moving on. But I actually saw the raw emotion of the film and I understood what they had been through and how much it meant to them all. And it just made me want to be a better teammate for them and support them. And I understood then how facing, you know, teams like Bay Area, even though you may not have gone experience and you don't have the emotions behind it, you, you can look at your teammate and go, I really understand what you're going through right now. So it sounds like it was a very helpful tool, even just for, you know, within the league itself, almost like a unifying factor, I guess. That, that was my experience of it. Now, I guess with, like Scylla said, we're, we're seeing a lot more documentaries come up, and I think it is a symptom of what I believe to be a pretty big explosion of roller derby around the world. So even more so in Australia, even though we're in the future right now as we talk to you, when it comes to Derby, we're a little bit behind. But 2011, I think, I hope I'm not speaking out of hand, but I believe it was a watershed year for roller derby in Australia and New Zealand. And we've got a lot of skaters here who, I mean, we've got 80 leagues now, which has really kind of come only in this year where a lot of those leagues are even bouting. So we've got a lot of skaters that are thirsty for knowledge, thirsty for, I guess, help, international experience. Being with such an established league, a high-profile team, a high-performing team like the Rose City Rollers, what can you bring? I know you're coming for a boot camp. What are you going to bring to the skaters here in Australia? Well, um, first of all, you know, Scratcher and I, we have been taught by a lot of our teammates who are skaters who are looked at on a national level. We have a lot of skaters who have taught at RollerCon that we've skated with and I feel like we've employed kind of a group knowledge um, and 
technique this season where it's not just all of our drills are coming from one person and there's no like main pipeline that things come from. So I, I may have drills that I'm up with and then I bounce them off a teammate and they'll change it and switch it up and say, well, actually we can incorporate these two drills into the same one. And, and then, you know, I may go off to a certain boot camp somewhere or go experience somebody else's practice. And I bring that information back to my team. And there's never anyone that says, no, we don't really want to. I feel like it's collective knowledge is what I'm saying. And that's what we're showing up with. And you getting the collective knowledge yourself and figuring it out because a lot of it is common sense. A lot of it is common sense after playing for five years, but things that don't really dawn on you. So I feel like um, it's collective knowledge of my team. You know, I've been working with Scratcher to develop a workbook and we're coming with not only drills that we're going to show you on the track, but our intention is to give these teams with a workbook that they can go through and modify and refer to when we're on with talking points and with drills. And I want to disseminate as much information as possible while we're there. Did I answer the question correctly? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was great. So what made you choose Australia? Um, the, the, that it is such a booming derby world in Australia that there are so many leagues that we could travel there and we're doing nine workshops so with between New Zealand and Australia which is a lot so you know we can get there distribute the information and also with World Cup you know coming up or already happening but when we were planning it coming up I was predicting that Australia would be a pretty good contender in there and knowing that they're going to come back from that hungry for knowledge and in the future World Cups, hopefully they can take some of this information and build their national teams, too. I think also the Northwest Derby scene, and it is a little bit incestuous. I know that I have met girls from Australia that have come out here and at RollerCon, and then, you know, my teammates back in Rainy City, which is my old league, they were super stoked. One girl changed her name after um, RollerCon, she changed her derby name because she wanted it to sound more Australian, so she changed it to Mortal Wombat. And, like, <laughs> you know, you um, Australians have a reputation of being rad. I mean, you guys are just awesome, friendly people. And so I think that when Scratcher came to me and said, hey, do you want to go to Australia? I was like, duh, of course. Doesn't everybody? I mean, isn't that where all the cool kids are hanging out now? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'll definitely be welcomed. I know that uh, there's a lot of people who are looking forward to you guys coming. So you arrive in Christchurch January seventh, uh, I believe, is when you start, and you're, and then you come over to Australia at uh, sort of towards the end of Jan, and you're here until March, beginning of March. So you've got quite a long, a long trip. How busy is your itinerary? It's super busy. The only week we have off is when we're in Perth. We get two weeks in Perth with only one workshop. Other than that, every Saturday and Sunday is full till March 4th. And then I'm actually going to Alice Springs to do another workshop there after um, Brisbane on the 4th. Oh, awesome. Wow. Let's just do a quick rundown of the dates that you've got booked in. So, so on the 7th of January, arriving Christchurch for a boot camp. Uh, 7th and 8th of January. The next week, 14th, 15th of January, you're with Pirate City doing a boot camp and then showing the movie with Auckland Roller Derby League. 
And then the next week, 17th and 18th, you're at Mount Monganui, or during the week, sorry, hosted by Auckland Roller Derby League again. Then you fly over to Australia in Perth, January 21-22, showing the movie and hosting a boot camp with Western Australia Roller Derby. Down to Melbourne, February 4th and 5th, boot camp only with Northside Roller Girls. Then down to Tasmania for in Hobart on the 11th and 12th of February with a boot camp with South Island Sirens. Then back up to Victoria again for Geelong Roller Derby, February 18 and 19. They're having a boot camp and showing the movie. And then the Tweed Valley Rollers, February 25, 26, showing the movie and having a boot camp as well. And then up to Brisbane, March 3 and 4 for the Brisbane City Rollers. So it, you're getting to see a lot of our... Our country, what people want to come to Australia for, you're going to you're going to traverse it all. Actually, seeing a lot more of it than I ever have living here for 30 years. And myself too. So I know that roller derby is a lot of fun. Obviously, that's why we love it so much. But are you going to get to do a lot of sort of relaxing? Is it a holiday as well as a working trip? Definitely. I mean, I hope we do. I hope during the midweek we get some relaxing time, and it's our winter during the season too. So we'll be there for your summer, which is. Really exciting to get away from the rain of the Northwest and enjoy some sunshine. You won't guarantee that it won't rain. <laughs> Pack a few warm clothes just in case. Really? Uh, it's probably nothing compared to uh, your just, winter, though. Yeah, I'm like, what just a jumper. <laughs> one uh, only- jumper would be okay, or sweater, I should say. Yeah, I only packed one hoodie, so should I pack something else? No, I think that'll be yeah, that'll be fine. That'll My purpose to not pack anything like that, so then I have to get it from the league's one there because everyone's got hoodies. And- Everyone loves their league merch. And I just wanted to say it was funny to hear Scratcher talk about relaxing because I know her well, and our version of relaxing maybe a little <laughs> bit different, but I'm pretty sure it's going to include things like surfing and crocodile wrestling and like running through whatever kind of bush we can get ourselves into. And we want to adventure. We don't want to relax. I mean, I don't want to relax. We want an adventure, right? Well, we'll have to get yeah. you riding kangaroos then. Yes. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't. <laughs> Marge, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, I mean, they're just in everyone's front yards and stuff anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> you might get hurt very badly if you try to ride a kangaroo. I'm probably not uh, going to go near the wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're just as dangerous as all the uh, snakes and spots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that we're going to have to get used to, because where we're from, we have no deadly bug. Nothing that's really even that scary. The largest spider is like a quarter size. Yeah, but we don't, we don't, have, have, any... we don't have bears here or anything, though, so... <laughs> I've never seen a bear in my life. I've never seen a um, red belly black snake in my life, but that seems to be what everybody's worried about when they come over here. So you'll be fine. Oh, it's not that scary. Oh, good. Although going to Alice Springs, it might be a different story. Yeah. That's, but that's what you're coming I for, fun see- and adventure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I feel like maybe we're going to meet a whole new roller derby family. Not that I don't like our derby family here, but... Um, that's I'm most excited to meet people and you know I want to have friends in Australia and I want them to know that they've got friends here in Portland, Oregon and hopefully forge those relationships that just be the gift that keeps on giving, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely That's what it. Derby seems to be about. Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Hey. 
One thing that I'm disappointed about is that you're not stopping in Sydney to visit us, but that's okay for other people around Australia where you are stopping. So obviously Victoria, Queensland, um, Western Australia. If you've got, if if they have a training session that they want you to come to, or have you got any slots open where you might be able to squeeze some more legs in? Yeah, we in the, any of the of the midweek time we can slip in there. So if so all the boot camps are on the weekend, so if anybody wants to do. A midweek, that would definitely be available. They just need to email me, scratch her in the eye, at gmail.com. But if Sydney, we would love to come to Sydney. We did email several leagues, and we didn't get um, a response from them. So, you know, if they change their minds, we could fly there midweek and do a boot camp, and we'd be very excited to do that. It's a travesty. So leagues in Australia, make sure you get in contact with Scratch in the Rye, have them out to the, your, your league and help you with your training sessions or host a boot camp midweek because they got a lot of knowledge to give. I was going to ask you, I, something I've always wondered about is that you know, when, when there's important bouts happening, we like to get together in the States, but generally those bouts are happening in time zones that make it pretty easy for us to have bout viewing parties. What do your bout viewing parties look like when you're watching um, bouts that happen here in the States? I mean, uh, um, you mean when we're viewing them online? Yeah, is it is it generally happen in the middle of the night for you? Do you guys have like derby sleepovers or how does that work? Yeah, is it- pretty much, pretty much. I mean, um, it just depends kind of who's uh, working or what's going on the next day. But usually, it's a couple have a have a sleepover and eat heaps of um, chocolate and and all bad things that athletes shouldn't eat. That sounds like fun. I want to go to one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I usually end up watching a lot of DNN at work, so there's not a lot of parties going on when I'm watching. Well, I doubt anybody involved in roller derby gets anything done at work other than looking at derby stuff on their computer. (laughs) Sounds about right. Scratching the eye, Mel Mangles. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you staying up late for Vivla Derby. You're now part of the Vivla Derby family, and hopefully some league in our local area will have you out to their place so we can come and say hello at some point. But I know you're going to have a hell of a trip down down under, and all the leagues that are, are lucky enough to host you, I'm sure, will have a lot of knowledge garnered from both of your experience. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I listen to your podcast all the time at work. And now I get to listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Do we in person when we get there? Absolutely. Hopefully we can make it work. Yeah. Well, if you don't make it to Sydney, keep an eye out for uh, one of our roving reporters. They might um, we might have to get somebody who's attending your boot camps to do a quick on the spot interview or something with you. So keep an eye out. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much again. You have a good night. Thanks, you too. I, I have to admit that Scratcher in the Eye is one of the best derby names ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't tell her that, and I regret it now because I feel like such a phony. <laughs> Holden Caulfield. <laughs> <laughs> if people understand what the name means, they probably understand why I said phony. But anyway, Scratcher in the Eye is a great name. <laughs> Also, what we're looking forward to in 2012 is um, the release of Murderdrome, which is we've spoken about it a couple of times. It's a five-part online thriller slasher series, and it's been in production for a couple of months now. They've just wrapped 
wrapped up production. There's a story on it on uh, rollerderbyau.net and you can see the teaser trailer. There's lots of blood and gore, so if you eat that type of stuff, you will most probably enjoy it. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to just seeing what uh, Strongman Picks has produced. And, of course, the big one for our trans-Tasman uh, uh, listeners, of course, I'm talking about Great Southern Slam, where the best of Australia and New Zealand are going to come together and fight it out for dominance. I, myself, am definitely going to be there, and I'm looking forward to actually meeting some of you guys in person, hopefully. Yeah. There's a lot of buzz around, and, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about travelling to be at the TGSS. So I'm really excited because um, I will be there. I will do everything in my, in my power to be there. But, yeah, it's exciting because there's, yeah, a lot of people interested in coming that I'm really keen to meet. So that's going to be exciting. Also, big for 2012 is me being at RollerCon Vegas. Woo! <laughs> Yay for no. no. Not just me, not, but just RollerCon Vegas in general. Um, I think that the Aussie contingent that went there last year has really motivated a whole heap of Aussies to go around this time. And I know me and about oh, 10 others are going all together and we're been in the planning for a little while, so we are super freaking pumped. So yeah, RollerCon Vegas is going to be huge. If you're going, let me know and we can meet up and we can do shots. It's going to be mad. I tell you what, Noms, I know that Nerdy Perfect has already bought her ticket and uh, she is a listener to your show and I'm sure uh, she will come and find you and uh, you guys can have a drink while you're there in Vegas by the pool. Make sure that uh, at the Black Black and Blue ball, get a cabana. Usually the Aussies took over one last last year. Absolutely amazing. Oh, so going to do that. I still have my fingers crossed for Vegas. It is a pipe dream at the moment, only because there's going to be so many interstate travels that I need to do next year. One of which, which I will not miss out on, is RollerCon Down Under. We're looking forward to December RollerCon happening. I know that Vaderella is meeting up with Trish the Dish and Ivana Spankin very shortly to iron out some of the details, but that looks like it is a go-ahead. Dates are yet to be confirmed, but one of the reasons why I feel like maybe I can let Vegas goes because we're going to have a roller con of our own anyway and I don't want to miss the first one ever. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, t- I'm totally not going to miss the first roller con down under. I'm probably going to do a road trip but I won't be able to afford to fly but I know that Vegas is something that I'm probably never going to be able to do again. Travelling overseas is becoming a further, further reach for me as I get older and need to do more responsible things so i got to get it out of my system now. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, there's going to be a hell of a lot of roller derby going on. So many bouts, more leagues popping up all the time. Hopefully, a lot of international stuff going on as well. Obviously, Pirate City is going to be a woof to the league at some point. There's probably going to be a lot more Australian roller derby leagues gaining woof to the status. We got the whole partnership between Skate Australia and woof to the. There's a whole lot of shit going on in 2012, and I can't wait to bring it all to you in the Vivo Derby podcast. But I said in the last episode that we've got a very very special announcement, and I've run this by you girls a couple of times. I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought I'd put it out there anyway. 2011 has been huge. There's been more bouts than we can physically possibly get to and cover in this little podcast of ours, and going forward, I think there's going to be even more. So much so that it's going to be even more difficult for us to cover everything that's going on in roller derby with our limited resources, most of which being time and location. Now, 
in this little journey of ours, I feel, and many people out there might disagree, I feel like I've built up, as limited as they might be, a set of skills that allows this podcast to happen. So I've got an infrastructure that every time we record one that I know how to edit and I know how to put it up and I've got a website that it can go up on and an email address for people to receive things at and all the sort of things are in place. What that also means is that it's probably in place for other people to do the same thing as well. So the special announcement is that I'm opening it up for people out there. If you're in in another state and you feel like you could probably do this because if Big Kahuna can do it, anyone could do it really. But... There's going That's to be- right. If Mike Riot can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> There's derby out there that we can't cover. If you feel like you want a podcast, you just don't know how to get started, like Mike said before, it's not about competition. We want to help other people as well, and I feel like I've got a certain set of skills built up that might be able to aid in that. So I want you to send me an email and say, look, I want to do a podcast as well. And it doesn't have to be a direct exact same thing that we do don't worry about what we do it's what you can do so if maybe if you're a referee and you want to have a podcast specifically about refs maybe if you're fresh meat and you want to do a personal podcast about what it's like to be fresh meat maybe you do a weekly five minute podcast a once a month podcast an every three month podcast that covers more things like whatever it is if you've got an idea that you think other people might want to hear and trust me people want to hear about roller derby then email podcast at vivaladerby.com and put it to me and I think I might be able to help get you out there and build, I guess, kind of a, a, a podcasting network. Let's get some people together that can talk into a microphone. All you need is a microphone to record, a computer, and I can help with the rest. We'll see what we can do. Mm. So get in touch. Cool. This is part of the Vivala Derby family. That's awesome. I'm, li- I'm looking forward to listening to other people's podcasts. I love podcasts. I, hope, and I don't know that it will, but I hope, you know, maybe there's a ref out there that wants to talk really nerdily about rules. And yeah. if they, if that exists, then I'll help you do it. And whatever the case may be, if it's Roller Derby related and you can record some audio, I think I can help. Well, that's it. There's so many topics that um, can be spoken about, and we keep talking about talking about these topics, but um, the reality is that we just can't get around to doing every single one of them. So, um, yeah. So, if like you said, if there's somebody who who has the drive to do that and really just wants to do it, then why not get it out there? As we wrap up this episode of Viva La Derby and wrap up the first year that we've been in existence, we've got some people to thank. I've actually built up an honour roll. This is basically everybody that has been on the podcast, that has been on Viva La Derby throughout 2011 and our 10 episodes. This is in alphabetical order. I'm just going to blast through them and maybe play some sort of music in the background that it's all inspirational and stuff. But we can you play your voice? We can. We want to thank you seriously for helping Viva La Derby be what it is, and we appreciate everything you've done for us and just being on the show talking shit about Derby, the sport that we all love, and we only do it because we love it as well. So here's our people that have been on the show. Anyone who's <laughs> been called out now, you are the voice. Ace Vegas, Alabama Hurley, Annabelle Lecter, Armageddon Smashed, Arson Junk. Atomic Cherry, Beth Adden, Big Trick Skidoo, Bitchy and Scratchy, Blitz and Bill, Bomb Jones, Booger, Calamity Maine, Captain Rats, Courtney Lovebite, Crunch Lady Doris, Crush and Kick, 
Feisty Cuffs, Fifi Boxer, Flaming Phoenix, Freighter Cox, Godzilla Sold Separately, Great Balls of Fire, Hanesthetic, Haterade, Honest Dave, Janice Jobham, Kilowatts, Kimikaze, Kitty Decapitate, Lamborghini, Lethal Legs, Lethal Ling, Loose Cannon, Mad Melarina, Machin of Pain, Max Manic, Metalocalypse, Miller Chokabitch, Miss Biff, Maserati, Overbearing, Paddywhack, Peggy Spew, Popular Pain, Sheila Drop You, Shum Shank Redemption, Sideshow Ho, Slaughter Daughter, Smackle Pop, Smash Dance, Susie Powell, Taylor Swift, Toxic Cupcake, Violet Van Slam, Winnie Bruise, and XL. All the skaters from Australia that have been on the show, the coaches, the refs, we thank you. That's a hell of a list and a lot of names there. But I'm not finished yet. We also got our international friends of Viva La Derby, people from around the world who have contributed to what we are. And I want to send a big thank you out to Bonnie Destroyer, Dirty Larry, Dump Truck, Ella Kazam, Juliet Bravo, Kaiser Susie, Medusa, Megatron, Mel Mangles, Mike Riot, hey. Woo! Hey! <laughs> Mike Hammer, Pitch It, Princess Slayer, Quadzilla, Reanimator, Scratcher in the Eye, Valtron 3000, and Xcon. Now that's a hell Thank of a you. list of names to be associated with on the, on the international roster there, Mike Riot. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh, just goes to show if you want to talk about Derby anywhere in the world, people will, uh, will join in. Now, specifically, I want to also give a special mention to our helpers and contributors throughout the year, part of the Viva the Derby family. Anna War, Doombug, Pepper Lapau, Peter from Spank Alley Bling, Holger Von Lomo, Shez Dispenser, Cockless Monster, Pickled Beats. And for judging in our Buster Ryman competition was Horror Bell, Hecklin Hyde, Hell Pixie, and Dita Von Bruiser. And, of course, Mike Riot from the Riot Act. Thank you, sir, for contributing to the success of our podcast and the interviews that you've done for us when we couldn't get there ourselves. We really appreciate it. Regardless to say, it's been a, a pleasure for me to be involved with it. As, as I said, uh, with the Riot Act, um, I got something started, and I just love the fact that I, it inspired you guys to get the ball rolling there in Australia. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people at Derby. I also want to thank our supporters, derbyscase.com.com. Are you Wayne? You're a legend. It's really good meeting you this year. Hopefully, we can do more stuff in the future. And Dicey Riley from Derby Skates at the start of the year that was great as well. Skate Salvage, Ace Vegas, and Excel. Hit and Miss Magazine, PT Bruiser, Mini Screwdriver, Crazy Skates, John. Thank you, sir, for our banner. You've been awesome. Vanilla Skates, Mike. You've been great with the, the prize. Spank Alley Bling and Busted Bling Peter, you've been such a supporter of the show from the start, we appreciate you Ghost Points, Aprilia Vahan, Haterade and Apollonia Thunderpussy Grand Slam TV, Ass and Junk Dangerous, Godzilla Sold Separately Wicked Skatewear, B-Train and Strict 9 and of course Roller Derby AU Doombug, thank you for everything all the refs, NSOs, all the media contacts that led us into your bounce, everyone that's played a part, we, oh. you. we can't mention you all by name, otherwise we'll be here. Every, sorry, I just want to point out, every photographer who's ever let us use their photos on the Viva La Derby website. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that goes out to Roaring Storm Photography, the Viva Derby photographer, uh, Joe Roller fan, um, I can't think, who else helped me? Kelly LaFranchi. Kelly. Gunther Hang. Of, we really appreciate 
everyone helping, being such great support for us and just contributing to our overall success. We appreciate it. God, I hope we haven't missed Um, anyone, but I really don't think we have. And just everyone who supports us and lets us know that you're listening and every download that you make and every um, person that rates us on iTunes and it's just... um, it's those little things that keep us going and just the the love, general love of the roller derby community and support of the roller derby community that just makes it so worth doing a podcast. I mean, like, it's nice to give you guys something, but it's not like we don't get anything out of it because you guys are just all 100% awesome. So thank you. Right on. Yeah, no, you guys have been great and it's been an absolute pleasure to do the podcast and... You're not getting rid of us in 2012, so bring it on. Yeah, we'll be back with more. But um, Mike Riot, thanks for joining us. Uh, It took us a long time, I know, but I really appreciate you coming on. Hope you had fun. Absolutely. It's uh, been a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's not wait another year to do it again. No, definitely. We'll get you on a lot more in the future. Um, If you want to check out old episodes of the Riot Act, which I highly recommend, you should be able to see some archive stuff on riotactnz.blogspot.com. And, of course, you'll find it on iTunes as well for those people that use Apple, which I don't like. But anyway. I love Apple. I love Apple. (laughs) If you want to get in contact with Viva La Derby, we're we're taking a little bit of break over the new year. We hope you have a prosperous one. It's a great New Year's time. Take it easy. Be careful. Be safe. Stay injury-free. But in the meantime, we're going to have episodes of Super Fun Happy Time coming out for your listening pleasure until we come back in 2012. But if you want to get in contact with us, our email is podcast at vivaladerby.com on facebook.com forward slash vivaladerby podcast. Twitter is at vivaladerby and our voicemail number is what? 2011 and episode 11. That's wicked.